Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we watched number 23 on the Sight and Sound list, La Ventura. Michelangelo Antonioni's beautiful yet enigmatic film about a group of wealthy Italians whose lives are interrupted by the disappearance of a friend. Our second film this week is Six Days, Seven Nights. An Ivan Reitman and Harrison Ford adventure comedy romance about some people getting very horny on an island. And so fat. Yeah. We need to have a management meeting. Uh, it's the third time this has happened, and we really need to address it. Finn, what is the concept of this podcast? Uh, we watch a movie from the Sight and Sound Top 100, mm-hmm. and we pair it with a bad movie that is similar. Mm. So one is good and one is bad. Yes. Can you see the mistake we've made by watching two good films? <laughs> you know, this week, I I think we might have fucked up in the opposite direction. Okay. Looks like we've got a battle of a clash of the titans, <laughs> a duel of the fates between us. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back in Antonioni town. We certainly uh, are. We, we, we finished the trilogy. Well, Eclipse, the Eclipse. Um, uh, last year, who knows? What's time? And so here we begin the trilogy, 1960. And it, the first thing I want to talk about is that this film is really not like the Eclipse, right? Like, like in terms of look, it's exactly like the Eclipse. And, and, oh, mate. Okay. <laughs> so are we just going to literally disagree on everything? Like, do we agree on each other's names? <laughs> I think this is very like the Eclipse. It just happens over a like larger area. I'm not saying they're totally different. Mm. Like, they're clearly parts of a trilogy, but also like, I mean, it's very tell. Like, this is a transitional film for Antonioni. Yeah, it is. The two co-writers. One is a guy he worked with twice, and this is the last time. And the other guy is the guy he wrote with for the rest of his career. Um, he, and that all comes after like uh, ditching, not ditching a previous set, and also like for reasons I'm sure we'll get into. A lot of the crew some of whom had been with him for a while, uh, did not return right. after this film. So there is there is actually, beyond director and lead, there's like, there is, I, I don't think I'm just reading tea leaves badly when I say they're really quite different. But like, mm-hmm. aesthetically, like, this film, like Eclipse, is a bunch of photos, right? Yes. And they're beautiful photos. <laughs> Um, I mean, black and white adds $10,000 to your budget, right? Um, but like, Eclipse is so obsessed with being close to its characters. It, it is almost entirely mid shots. 
you get so much of people kind of looming, being drawn into their eyes. Whereas this is uh, about bodies floating in space or around space. We're a lot more distant. And I think that is like the reason I'm, I'm setting that up for the beginning after being spending an episode being like, I don't like the eclipse. I don't like Antonioni. <laughs> Yeah. Is why I'm I'm trying to set the the grounds for why I'm going to argue that it is almost as good as sincerely good film six days seven nights. <laughs> no, I I'm not even I'm not making I'm not going to make that argument. I don't yeah. think it's that way round. But yeah, so this is the film he broke out with, and it is he had been directing for a decade up until this point. Yeah, his first one is 50, and this is 60. Right, Uh, yeah. Again, uh, looking at my notes. Um, But, like, this is the world noticed. Like, this film was huge. Inexplicably, I cannot... Can you imagine it being... Andrew Saris called it, like, a film craze like no other. (laughs) And I mean, like... Andrew Saris also thinks this is a film about people who don't communicate when that's literally all they do and is also such a bad film critic than the villain of Galaxy Quest is named after him. But anyway, enough about Andrew Saris. Those are my three Andrew Saris facts. That's all I've got. What is your favorite? People get a bad review and then they cast or name a character after that critic and then kill them. It has to be in the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Uh, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're, we're, Mayor Ebert. We're names of the like, incompetent mayor of New York, Mayor Ebert. It's great. Yeah. It's a good uh, bit. They do I like mean, thumbs up, thumbs down jokes about Godzilla attacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That is the best part. Oh, I don't know. I hate that I nostalgically like that film because I was 11 when it came out. Like, that is a real problem. You just love any movie where Matthew Broderick gets in a car. You're like, great, he's at his strongest now. <laughs> I not, no, Nothing can I, stop him. I, I Look, Matthew Broderick and cars, you know, is a combination I love. Yes. But the combination I prefer more is I love to see a film directed by someone who's very good friends with Brian Singer and is on the record as both defending his actions and attending a lot of his parties. But enough about Michelangelo Antonioni, who, great, I mean, no, Brian Singer would not, would be, would like fawn and Antonioni would uh, light would a cigarette. Stab him. <laughs> He'd light a cigarette and say, have you ever looked at a cloud? They're just vapor but they seem so fulsome. Do you think it's lonely out there? Which is, I I presume he only talks like his characters who only talk like they are in the first or last scene of a Chekhov play. (laughs) (laughs) Like the moment I was like, I like La Aventura was when, so like the setup, what's the setup, Finn? Well, there's a bunch of rich people. There is a woman called Claudia who uh, goes to see her friend Anna. Uh, Anna is the daughter of a diplomat. Claudia is, uh, I don't know, someone. They are going to go on a trip together, uh, and Anna is going to see uh, her long-distance boyfriend, what's-his-name, for the first time in a month. Uh, it's I've, Oh, yeah, I had the same problem. In my notes, I just refer to him as Guy. Yeah, uh, his name is Sandro. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, they meet up, and Anna expresses to Sandro... 
uh, that she is feeling uh, 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 she is feeling unsure about their relationship. Uh, then they uh, uh, then they all get on a boat with some other rich people and uh, head out oh. to some islands. Okay, so I just like the moment I knew I liked this film is is within that kind of mess. It, mm. it was two moments. One is that yeah, uh, uh, Anna picks up Claudia because we we start with Anna uh, and then Claudia joins kind of. Uh, as a supporting character. Yeah. And they're talking about like, yeah, I'm off to see Sandro. We're going to go on this boat thing. And, but also like long distance doesn't work. He's kind of boring. I'm, I'm so annoyed. Let's go to a cafe Mm. rather than meet up with Sandro. Like fuck this whole thing. And as they turn to go, you hear him be like, Hey guys, which is comedy. Like, uh, uh, and, and then of course it is an Antonioni film. Uh, immediately, uh, Anna goes upstairs and they have sex, uh, while Claudia waits and what true and emotional experiences there. Uh, than uh, walking aimlessly around an art gallery while your friends have sex. But anyway, there is one more relatable thing, but it's uh, uh, I'll keep that a secret until it comes up. Um, but after their pillow talk is that, like, he leans over to her and says, how are you? And she just flatly, I mean, I can't say, we can't say flatly, because that is like yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's how you'd have to describe every single performance. <laughs> um, yeah, especially Michael's the the tap dance. Anyway, how are you? And she just says, "Awful." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I like I like these characters when they're on the boat." There are two other couples on the boat. They both get great establishing moments. One of whom is like, "There's this young naive." Uh, a woman who's like, "Hey, look! Uh, uh, I love islands. Yeah, look at the sea. It's it's like oil." <laughs> and uh, the guy she's with says, "I hate all comparisons <laughs> to oil." <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, okay, I know everything I need to know about these guys' relationship." Yeah, and yeah, um, and like it, 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 every every single bit of dialogue that. that- that she has is responded to like is responded to by him in the most negative way possible where she will keep saying like stuff is beautiful and he's yeah. like you call too many things beautiful like what, what, yeah. you're, you're devaluing it and she's like I, I just like a lot of stuff and he's like yeah. stay on the bus yeah uh, and to a jigsaw puzzle that is that yeah there is a reveal later on of just like you're on this just beautiful island like man look at it so many places to stare into the middle distance um they're doing yeah a jigsaw puzzle quite a twist uh, uh like the twist that the beach on the island in fact does not change your age as i assume all beaches my sample size of beaches and films is 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 now three mm-hmm. one is uh, the beach it's the beach. I'm trying to, what is a notable thing about, uh, uh, so all beaches are either, um, places you spend like 30 minutes to an hour of a film. And you're like, they must've been here a long time. And you're like, Oh, they were meant to film there for three weeks and ended up spending four months, which is, uh, the adventure. Uh, and of course there's, they make you old. 
mm-hmm. which is I can't remember the title. And then there's the beach, which is that all films with beaches must cause a great schism between their director and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah Ewan McGregor uh, uh, thought he should have been the lead in that because they had done Shallow Grave and Life Less Ordinary together. Anyway, it's why Trainspot 2 nearly didn't happen, but they made up. Ewan McGregor just loves Slumdog Millionaire. And uh, Sunshine. He loves Sunshine as well. I mean, who doesn't love Sunshine? Like, Sunshine is incredible. (laughs) It's not, like, it's not. Finn, it's people liking Sunshine is not a joke. And especially people whose favorite bit is the third act. Yeah? Yeah. It's un- it's that's good punching act. down. Pretty good act. I mean, there are three very good acts in that film, but only one has uh, insane gravity cube being stalked by split diopter Mark Strong, a demon madman in uh, in the the goldest spacesuits you've ever seen. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no. Let's. This is what film is for. That this is why why people are oh it lost its way no found it found it anyway and and Chris Evans is there yeah. from um uh not another teen movie and wish he'd done more stuff recently um and the other couple are uh, the other couple on the boat and then the island um is that uh, a kind of a flip of that where the woman my favorite character in the film Patrizia. And her husband, some guy who gives a shit, uh, she is really kind of like bitter and direct. And he keeps being like, come on, be happy. Let's let's hang out. And like the moment I was like, I want the film to be about these people is that he's like, oh, God. I mean, she said she's the person who says I never understand islands surrounded by nothing by nothing surrounded by nothing but water poor, poor things, which mm. is like um, but also uh, he's like, let's have fun. We can love. We, sh- we should have a family unless you got to love children. Right. And she responds, I don't love anyone. You know that. <laughs> so, yeah. What a. a uh, it's uh, Ecclese was about these kind of weird, like almost abstract characters where like we knew Dylan's job was as a stockbroker because we saw him there, sure. you know, like, and like there was fucking plot or whatever. Yeah. We knew that the characters uh, loved doing blackface before because we saw them do a long blackface routine. Oh, fuck. I forgot. God, I had I deleted that from my mind. Yeah, no, I think about it often. I mean, it is. Yeah, there are reasons to not like the eclipse. Is, is what is, is is the thing I'm agreeing. So yeah, but all of these people, we meet them in this really like the beginning of this film is so traditional, in, in a way that like I don't expect from its reputation, um, or. I think I saw this when I was like 10. Like I remember enough bits of it to be like, I haven't just seen clips anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, it's kind of drifting in and out of my mind on. I just, I, uh, I remember all the searching. So I was probably a bored child, but, but we'll get to that. It, but like 
we meet a, a, a character who has a dilemma. She's going to, should she leave her boyfriend? They're going on this vacation. We have the supporting cast that will mirror the struggles uh, of, of the protagonist. There, There is this inciting incident, which is that he kind of proposes and she's like, why? <laughs> like, what is the point? And that's just like a film. You know, that's like, that's basically the opening of six days, seven nights. I mean, it's, it's absolutely not at all. But, but then after Sandro and Anna have this just such a long conversation, uh, never looking at each other once, uh, or what happens? Uh, There's it, no more plot. <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone sort of uh, goes to sleep on the uh, on the incredibly rocky shore for a while, and then yeah. uh, when they wake up, uh, Anna is gone. Yeah, uh, and then they spend ten minutes to half an hour looking around the island. Anna, Anna, her dad shows up. Uh, the cops show up. He sh- the dad shows up in a sweet as hydrofoil, and I yeah. was like the. O- the yeah, only that, thing that, that that boat rocks. Hey, I saw that, and I was like, the only thing that would make this better is if, in like two shots' time, one of those sweet as fifties, sixties, like bubble helicopters, like from a, 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 a oh, yeah. Richard St- uh, um, a Richard Scarry illustration, <laughs> <laughs> or of course, uh, B- Batman the movie. It contains shark repellent. Uh, uh, comes by and I was like, yeah, this is sweet as. Um, but she's nowhere to be found. And uh, so then they spend an hour and a half looking for her across Italy. Yeah, just go, go, go into various towns, getting on trains for a bit. Yeah, getting off trains, yeah. having sex while a train goes past. At, uh, uh, at one point, uh, they see uh, uh, they see a woman, uh, and uh, they're in a small town, and so yeah. and some woman shows up, and every single man of the town runs out into the streets shouting "A wooga, a wooga," and just like surrounds this woman. That's a weird bit. Uh, yeah, I that is uh, I, I, that character who is. She's a 19-year-old quote-unquote writer uh, uh, and, and model and, like, pretty clearly coded as uh, a sex worker. Yeah. But also, like, within the film, uh, she is a bimbo. <laughs> she sure. is uh, empty-headed nothing. And I was like, all this scene, all that scene and her later appearance, spoilers, in this podcast where we discuss every element of a film, uh, spoilers for in 10 minutes, um, is that she is there for the film to laugh at her in a way that really shows up how much the rest of the film does not make any decisions about how to represent its cast. (laughs) You know, like, we are the people asked to judge them uh, as opposed to letting them judge each other. Do you understand what I'm like? Because over there, there's there's an important thing that happens while they're on the searching journey. What is it? What is it, Finn? As 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 Claudia, um, Anna's friend, and Sandro, Anna's uh, long distance boyfriend, as they both look for Anna, everything's fine between them. Yeah. Respectful distance, cooperate, collaborate. 
It's a real Harry Met Sally, but with the good ending where they just stay friends. Well, it seems like it's going to be that way until they fall in love. Okay, okay. So we are going to disagree on literally everything we talk about in terms of this film. I mean, I'm using using shorthand. Yeah, yeah. He he does the, you know, it's a film from the past, so it's hard to tell if the film is representing people falling in love or a man harassing a woman into a relationship. Sure, yeah. Um, And it is like, he starts showing an interest in her instantly. And she's like, uh, I don't know. They just start behaving incredibly rashly, but in a just blank monitor, <laughs> um, which is, I, li- I just think it's interesting. I think having terms of these people in their lives, then removing the affect from that, no, uh, then putting the affect on it, that, that we know kind of the position they are in, but, how do they th- feel and think, you know, like, not like is what they're doing right? Like, how would you react in that situation? Um, I think that's much stronger than like this woman's going to do blackface and kind of have a relationship with a stockbroker and his mum gets in some financial trouble. Yeah. I'll look. It's like, mainly people standing in doorways. Yeah, so with uh, Leclerc, I uh, checked out for large portions of that film, and uh, the exact same thing is true for Love and Europe. I'm a big fan of films that want me to stop watching them and like try to reject uh, the act of viewing, uh, and and uh, and like this time, I uh, just gave in. I was like, hey, this film doesn't want, doesn't want me to watch it, doesn't want me to pay attention. Sure, fine, you win, Michelangelo. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't be bothered paying attention to this. Or, Finn, stop. Hmm? Gently but ambiguously hold my hand and listen to what I'm about to say. Is it the memoria problem? In that memoria, the reason they are doing that thing in America where it's only in one cinema at a time and it moves around there's only one DCP I'm sure they have a backup Probably. imagine being the person who lost <laughs> Memoria <laughs> and there no more it's it that's the whole that's the film um, no, it, it is because that film relies on a kind of enforced focus environment like you have to be somewhere dark sure yeah the you you are paying to look at something and like i i I also checked out at points during uh, the eclipse i think less than you but still like had to read the wikipedia plot synopsis uh, before we did our episode however fucking long ago and i probably didn't even internalize it then i'm a wreck um i'm a lover i'm a child i'm a mother but uh what oh come on and i I, so i made really sure to pay attention to la aventura (laughs) which meant i watched it in like 10 minute bits and the moments i was like i am drifting because we have just been on this shot of someone looking at the waves yeah it is has been going on for 30 seconds and I understand that it is meditative and that we are, we are being asked to think what, what she is thinking, but also like, it is boring. 
and not in like an artful Jean Dilma way. Yeah. You know, where we're being boring is the point. Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of compelling. Yeah. And maybe uh, like Memoria, if I had seen this in a theater, I would have been able to tune into it a lot more. Uh, yeah. I, 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 uh, I think that's probably true, but yeah, I didn't see it in a theater. And so I just, I, I watched like the first hour, then I took a break for about two and a half hours. And then I yeah. kind of had it on while I played uh, Sudoku. And that, do you play Sudoku? Do you do a Sudoku? I, you don't play a crossword. Oh. You do play a crossword. Yeah. What am I doing? You don't. I mean, look, you thought, I, 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 I like to engage all activities yeah. of my life with, with a sense of play. Yeah, I know. Uh, you like to live your life like you are a recently graduated dr- uh, a drama school student putting on a show in a fringe festival. Yeah. You love to explore an idea of play uh, and maybe questions of identity. Um, uh, it's all right. I love work by made made by people who have never lived. But enough about six days, seven nights. Um, I do like that film made by people who've never lived in the real world. Um, I mean, hey, what are you saying about what are you saying about Ivan Reitman? He made Stripes. Yeah, and what is it like? Hornies, meatballs. He made meatballs. Meatballs. That's right. Yeah, uh, and uh, Ghost Blowjob Distribution Matrix Boast Gusters. Uh, yeah. About how Gustin makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Sigaruni Weavers, uh, um, you know, like, you know, in the top 20 of her appearances in a genre film, at Ghostbusters 2, and like a bunch, like, He's still fucking. No, uh, he's no, not still he, going. He, he uh, died like two weeks ago. Yeah, and do you know what? Uh, uh, do you know what today is the month uh, anniversary of? Uh, no. Month anniversary, month anniversary. Uh, Monica Vitti died. Oh, exactly right, right. A yes, yes, ago yes. From yes, when we were recording. Uh, uh, which is tragic. Mm. And Monica Vitti is the lead, plays Claudia, uh, is is one of those people like uh, Jean-Pierre Lerd or um, Gene Seberg, <laughs> you know, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. So uh, Lady Diana, <laughs> uh, uh, rep, uh, uh, no longer confidential, any hoot, um, uh, uh, is an iconic image. And it is like, it feels like almost every frame of her in this La Not, which is the middle part of the trilogy, and La Calice, which are really the, th- which interestingly, even though they dated until the end of the 60s, uh, uh, are the only really the major three times her and Antonioni worked together. She was also in Red Desert. You're right. I just, I forgot about Red Desert. Uh, um, but anyway, like it is. Like the like, Antonioni and, and Viti's relationship became a real obsession for me while watching this film. Taking a lot of breaks so I could give it the attention it at least wants, if not deserves or needs. Anyway, um, and it is that like she in later interviews has 
You know, he broke her heart. He was the one who ended the relationship. There, there, there are kind of tones of like the one that got away. Mm. While when he talks about her, it's like I suppose she was my muse, but uh, I liked to watch her, and I liked to direct her. And I think that's a verbatim quote, <laughs> and it is like that is kind of the whole Antonioni thing, right? Sure, like, yeah. We are watching people and they are being directed. And like, that is why we both found Eccles so irritating because it is a fashion editorial at best. Whereas, like, the plot of this film is not vital, but it is, and it is let down by two massive longers. One is The Search, which, you know, I could work out the running time of, but I'm going to say. Uh, in a two and a half hour long film, I think it's possibly uh, I've just got an exploding infinity symbol here, minutes long, uh, and then uh, uh, when they go, when they're looking for Anna, they find an abandoned town, which uh, they walk through, and it looks so good, <laughs> uh, uh, just them in front of these giant empty shaded buildings, but like around that. It is actually a really traditional film um, that has a plot that holds really, like, really tight. Like, you could do a shitty American remake of this film in a way that you could never do uh, of The Eclipse. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like, everything joins up. Like, it's all about, like, the, the, the conflict with the dad with Anna's dad is about whether to tell the news newspaper. And then there's an article in the news. And then, so they go find the journalist and the journalist says, I heard a rumor she's here. So they go there and they're like, Oh no, but I know someone who sold her something and you know, and so on and so forth. Um, and it is, and each of those destinations is different and their relationship develops like on the way between them. It is just that this film is so, much about appearance and about how how it watches how it composes frames that you you kind of drift away from it uh it's and i don't like i kind of assume that's intentional but also maybe what do you think antonio only wanted to make in this film like (sighs) i have just these massive questions about intent yeah i I mean, he 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 is one of those guys where like I kind of can't particularly uh, I can't really tell what Antonioni is thinking when I looked at his films beyond like this guy really enjoys looking at Monica Vitti and like this guy is uh, trying to frustrate me specifically. <laughs> and, and, like, I mean, yeah, I did spend a lot of time just being like, oh, this is about people in various organizations. Being uh, like the third, they're like there are a lot of third wheels in this film, and there's a lot of bits of like third wheels hanging out on their own because the other two wheels have become a two seater. You know, it is. <laughs> um, it is. I was like, yeah, no, I I bet Finn has an impulsive, uh, uh, you know. I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn, but it feels like you might have a lot of experience of that, and maybe you don't want to see it repeated in cinema. Oh, oh like, I mean, uh, yes, I do have a lot of experience with that. 
But no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine seeing that repeated in cinema. I just wanted it to be more interesting than it was. But didn't it, you, didn't you find it interesting when, like, Sylvia, say, I did Claudia. Fuck, yeah, Claudia. I've been so, Yeah, like, no, you, you, you've, I, you've been good so far. I, but I, but that's because I've been really trying. Yeah. And I just, like, it is genuinely like there is a programming error in my mind because I've never, there's no source of me thinking she's Sylvia. It is just a thought I have. I, I knew her name was Claudia from, you know, two minutes in when Anna's like, hi, Claudia, we're, f- we're friends. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's the kind of dialogue this film has. Um, but yeah, cause Antonio only says he wanted to make a mystery film and that this is a mystery film back to front, which, uh, is, I believe 100% inaccurate in all four words with the exception of the word two. And even that's a question mark. I don't know, because I just have a big read on this film. I have a big take, and I feel like it is such an obvious reading. It's one of those things where I'm like, it's so obviously this, but I am also uh, primed, as we will discuss in a moment, uh, to, to, um, to see it, if you know what I mean, which is uh, a content warning, discussion of suicide. You'll never guess what my theory about this film is. Uh, uh, come back at... 36 minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, if you don't want to hear talk about that. I just think this film is so blatantly about two people uh, refusing to acknowledge that their friend slash girlfriend has obviously committed suicide. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and everyone around it, like there is the scene with the dad when he arrives on the island and is like, look, she's been reading the Bible yeah. and tender is the night. She couldn't possibly have killed herself. And, and like, I think a lot of their really erratic behavior, uh, including just how fucking strangely they go about their relationship uh, in that like there's literally a point where they have like a five minute argument go to sleep and when they wake up they're like cartoon newlyweds dancing and screaming about how in love they are and it is like that can only come out of just massive denial like these are people driving themselves insane but also I have just finished rewrites on a play that is uh, by by weight maybe forty to sixty percent suicide content. Uh, 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 and to be clear, uh, no one should commit suicide. No, no, no. It's very important to, for everyone to know that the New Zealand comedian and playwright Yuva Shite is a, a, a big, big, it's a big fan of suicide. Yeah, yeah. if. I think there are three things I love. One is causing needless, avoidable emotional pain. I I also love that. Many people around you. Uh, The second is potentially starting a a series of uh, 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 unintentional copycat deaths. And the third is um, just uh, seeking a permanent solution 
to a temporary problem. And that is why I, Yutha Shite, not Yutha Dean, <laughs> endorse self-murder. Yep. Um, I've named my first child Harry. Harakiri. Is it? No, fuck. I've named my first child Seb. A coup. Is that racist? Just, just say no. I don't. I don't. You thought I'm I'm, I'm not sure I'm able to absolve you and whatever you want. Come on, we're two white men talking about art film. We're the most qualified people in the world to decide who is racist. I mean. We are really about to do that with Six Days, Seven Nights. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Cliff Curtis, uh, Timura Morrison, and Danny Trejo. Three people definitely from the same country. Okay, okay, no, okay. Um, uh, just very quickly, here, here, here is my thing about that. Uh, we, uh, there, is, there is nothing to indicate that the film thinks they're from the same country because we never hear Danny Trejo speak. Or barely see his face. Yeah, that's right. It's like, so weird. Like Six Days Seven Nights came out three years after Heat, and Danny Trejo doesn't get a fucking word in the entire movie. Uh, and, and like after Desperado, yeah. like he had, he, like, he was an he was an actual like movie actor by that point. And it, it real in a way that like Cliff wasn't mm. yet. Like Cliff was coming up. I mean, yeah, uh, I think I think the like year after this, what's the Scorsese movie he's in? Bringing out yeah, the yeah. dead, ding ding. Anyway, uh, I like getting movies. Oh, right? he's, that's mainly the subject. Right, Cliff, of the Cliff show. Curtis also has like a couple scenes of The Insider in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, admittedly, as the head of the Mujahideen, oh, I right, believe. Right, yes, yes, that's who. That's who. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah he's he's like it, an Iranian cleric. It is it like in Six Days, Seven Nights when Alison Janney's credit appears on the screen and you're like, I cannot wait for Alison Janney to show up. And then it cuts to Alison Janney and you're like, Ivan, you can stick around. <laughs> uh, I believe at the beginning of The Insider, it is like Cliff Curtis comes up in the list of names. And you're like, who is he? And it is while he is on screen, turban, beard, not good. And you're like, is it? Is that him? Yeah. Well, and, it is, it and, is. And so also in 1999, he was in Three Kings, where he plays the character Amir oh. Abdullah. So, like, yeah he, yeah, he was getting cast as a lot of, like, Persian or Middle Eastern guys in, in the late 90s. I, but then bringing up a dead, he's, so like, a cool happy. Latino drug dealer. It's great in that. He's also in Virus um, with Jamie Lee Curtis that year. As a, maybe a uh, Japanese character. His name is, his yeah. name is Hiko in that movie. I and, and like yeah, but like Danny Trejo in Six Days Seven Nights is like I'm probably remembering this wrong, but there's an episode of The Shield, uh, uh, which is fine. Uh, uh, check it out; it's fine. Uh, uh, a, a lot of good acting in it. Otherwise, you know. Anyway, um, where they're like, you know, they're roughing up a criminal informant, mm. and weirdly, you never see his face, and it feels like a creative choice. And then on the DVD commentary, which I listened to because uh, the show's fine. So I was like, I should learn how this fine show is made. The actor was wearing a hat, was wearing his own hat, and he was just a day player, which had the New York Yankees logo on it, which they hadn't cleared. So they just had to cut around his face. 
because his hat was there the whole time. Um, and I think, do you think like that Danny Trejo had like the Nike swoosh on his face and tongue, which is like so why we never hear. So I think they filmed the scenes of this movie uh, out of order. And the very first thing they shot with all the pirates was the bit right at the end where uh, they uh, shoot uh, where they shoot an explosive shell directly up in the air when it falls down and they all get exploded. Uh, so I, yeah. I think uh, they shot that first. Uh, the shell came down directly on Danny Trejo's head and uh, then he could only speak in Beatles yeah. lyrics for the next several months. And so they, they, just, they just couldn't let him talk. That is... Uh, a heartbreaking reflection on bad workplace safety. Yeah. And speaking of bad workplaces, uh, La Ventura, the adventure or the fling. Apparently, apparently La, the adventure is, is used as slang uh, for, you know, right. uh, uh, for a fling. So this meaning, this title has uh, two meanings. One is that they go on an adventure Mm, they they don't though. Uh, that it's like the opposite of an adventure. Um, and they have a fling, and they uh, it's AV, it's audiovisual. La a AV Ventura, like Ace Ventura. That's the third meaning of oh, the name. Oh, great! Uh, uh, a, a week into shooting, the production company went bankrupt. Uh, they were on the island. The boat they chartered to get to the island never showed up, so they had to make rafts out of barrels <laughs> to travel to it from another local island. Uh, the 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 ship they were using for all the boat stuff was reclaimed from its owner uh, due to debt, so that had to be replaced halfway through. God. Which uh, I went after reading that, having watched it, I went back and scrubbed through, and it's like, nah, you can. That boat gets smaller. <laughs> that boat is different sizes at different times. Right. Uh, like when when you're when you're first on it, uh, 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 when they're all on the top, there is no space for a cabin. But anyway, uh, and then uh, so Antonioni was like, okay. I will find us more funding. Can we just keep doing this? We won't. Can we just get this done? Uh, and uh, VT was was on his side uh, and, and so kind of pushed everyone through it. Uh, and then the crew went on strike after a couple of days because they weren't being paid. So Antonioni uh, then... <laughs> Uh, just started shooting bits with just him and his assistant director, one of them doing sound, one of them having a camera. I'm like, I cannot tell where in the film that stuff is. I presume none of it made it because they ended up being on that island for four months. God. Which just sounds... And they had to, like, stay on that island. It sounds like a nightmare. It, like, it doesn't seem like a good island to be stuck on. It's just, like, blasted rocks. Like it, it is sucks. well it is it is so desolate yeah. right and it is so it is both cluttered and empty and it is it's a, such an existential place i guess is what i'm saying like fuck it's so it's such a weird thing i think that roughness yeah like to encapsulate why i vastly prefer this to um 
to eclipse and, and like i kind of like uh uh, uh zabriskie point I mean, Blowout is obviously his fucking masterpiece because, you know, if 99.9% of film directors made Blow Up, it would be their masterpiece. Check it out if you like films that hate both mods and rockers. Um, yeah, it, it, it chooses a third path, which is a shithead <laughs> photographers. <laughs> who oh they suck anyway he suck anyway um and, and the visitor and i think i've already said zabriskie point sorry grace zabriskie mm, point from from twin peaks yeah uh yeah yeah that's the film where at the end there's a montage of uh explosions peeling off their face to reveal the void beneath mm. it have you seen zabriskie uh, point? no but we might talk about zabriskie point in a couple of weeks time Blowout is great. The passenger is uh, deliberately frustrating again, but like interesting and human and like naughty. And like Zabriskie Point is so gonzo, you have to kind of admire it. But like the thing that really lands for me in uh, uh, Passenger and Blowout, Blow Up, um, I mean, nah, it doesn't really land for me in Blow Up. Blowout. The thing that lands for me in Blowout is uh, uh, Brian De Palma. Uh, good work. Anyway, uh, it is that like he is still like Antonio looks at uh, people like they are objects, mm. right? Like so much of the emotional distancing of his his work is that he uses people, and to be clear, I'm talking about or women mainly, uh, as compositional elements, the way you would a piece of art as opposed to a person mm. like it. If you, if you start watching his films, well, in my case, it was La Aventura and you're like, how many scenes in this do like men have the traditional acting framing, you know, their eyeline is a, roughly a third down from the top or, uh, uh and yet a woman is placed the way you the way you would place an object to make it interesting, but in these films where he it feels like he steps back a bit, uh, that he is watching them from a bit more of a distance and is not controlling them so much. He's letting them be a bit realer, and I think that's in La Aventura, um, and I think he came back to it, and it is just interesting that like. After this, he went so hard the other way. Mm. He got, like, his compositions got so much more formal. His films became just so much about, yeah, fashion editorial, people just fucking posing, uh, like in uh, Billy Porter TV show, American Horror Story. Yeah, right. Um, right stuff. Yeah, the reason I think La Aventura is good, I, I'm calling it sound, mm. is that, like, it is clearly Antonioni is in a moment of transition in his career, slowly discarding and building the team that would, would go forward with him. And you can see that in the style yeah. as well, just like, obviously. The interesting thing in that is that there are no paths not taken, you know, uh, uh, and that we saw him go both the two things that clash in Aventura, which is this, you know, fashion editorial as we as we have turned it posing, and the other being this like kind of melodramatic, uh, uh, pointed 
uh, like big emotions played as small as possible mm. in the distance and like people's relationship to space is like the most important thing that happens in the film. Like the big, the biggest change, like narrative move in this film is that in, at the beginning, they're all shot in wide shot or mid shot, but right against walls or rocks. And then as the film goes on, there's more and more space behind them. So they look more isolated. Um, like that is more important than any single plot beat, you know? Uh, the world gets longer around them. Maybe like one moment of the film where, where I was like really engaged is one of those moments which like moves from, from this very like internal kind of like mid shot close up to a very like empty feeling wide shot, which is the scene where they're like in some small town and uh, Sandra has gone into an apartment building to uh, to to look for someone, and uh, uh, and while she's waiting for him. Uh, Claudia, she goes and stands uh, by a wall, and there's this close-up on her. As she stands in front of this wall, she just sort of looks around, and then it cuts her out to a wide shot, and you see she is surrounded by men who are just glaring at her. Yeah, and like uh, the birds appearing yeah, in the yes. birds. It, it, it is like it, or, it is or like a jump scare. The kids, and, and or like. The kid, like swarms of kids in uh, uh, Yee Yee. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so it comes to this watch out. You see, you see all these men, and then she begins to move, and the camera moves with her. And as she moves, and the camera moves, and the frame moves, you see just like every new like piece of space that is uncovered, there are just men there just glaring down at her. They are on the street of this courtyard around her. They are on stairs on a balcony. She, she, she is like surrounded on yeah. all sides by these just like leering hungry men. That's for like one moment of the film where I was like, Oh fuck. He's like, he's, he's, he's got something going yeah. on here. Yeah. The analyst has activated bots, right? Like that's how and, it and seems. Like, like that moment I found like so intense and so like powerful in, 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 a, in a movie, which is like, like really avoiding intensity for like so much of its running time. Yeah, that that moment is, for me, the peak of oh, yeah, the film. Yeah. Like, he is reproducing something that he played as funny, the way the 19-year-old quote-unquote writer was um, swarmed, and then being like, no, it's, it's actually terrifying. Mm. It's like the birds in birds. And, and, like, playing those games, when he gets into moments that are doing more than one thing, like there's a bit on they meet at a train station and he's like, Hey, we've got chemistry. And she's like, we don't just leave me alone. Let's not do this. Uh, I'm getting on the train. And then he also jumps on the train. And then they have this conversation where she's like, you shouldn't have done this. It's a bad idea. There's nothing between us. And yet the whole time, because Antonioni, the way, the way he adores looking at her, and looking at him it is insane do you know what like this this was the big launch for both of yeah. them uh, uh for for gabriel fazetti who plays sandro and, and uh, monica viti but like monica viti went on to be the face of italian cinema uh whereas uh, fazetti became like a romantic lead for 20 years after this okay. film which is like how do you become like this film is about how this guy is like a a a cunt soft boy. <laughs> like uh, uh, that's not. It's like the most unromantic film 
unromantic portrayal of a man who beds three women in a film. And, and but like they are so clearly attracted to each other, and she's so clearly working against it. And it is that like there is efficiency and and like how Antonioni looks is affecting how he's telling the story and is making the story. And it's like, yeah, no more of do more of this. Don't don't go more abstract. Or if you do, keep like keep doing two things at once. You know, I think that's. That's what really attracted me to this right, in the yeah. way that like with a cl- with eclipse, we just kept being like, but he doesn't do anything with it. And in this he's doing and he's doing things with it. But they get to they get to the hotel, right, where they think uh, Anna is going to be. Uh, uh, do you want to know another shit thing that happened on production just while we get back to Anna? Because I don't think this happened on sure, the island. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is where the clones are made, and one of them is Scarlett Johansson, and one is uh, Ewan McGregor. But anyway, um, uh, uh, the the actress who plays Anna, who uh, uh, Leah Masari, uh, had a heart attack on set and, and was in a coma for two days. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I know, right? Like, I kind of think this film was haunted. Uh, except things can't really be haunted. That tension, I think, bleeds through. This final sequence at this hotel, I found incredibly compelling, while also being very, very aware that it was almost a parody of Antonio. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's like, there's a party. Uh, 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 Claudia doesn't want to go. So mopes and, and, and looks at trees uh, because when you can't look at horses, you look at trees and films. It's the law. Um, or if you're Michael Mann, you look well, at the ocean. Well, she was looking at the ocean earlier. So she's already, she already ticked that off. And there are just no horses in this film for her to look yeah, at. It's too and bad. So she, uh, uh, yeah, I know. Well, it's got the other major uh, uh, thing to represent thinking that's in all films by law, which is uh, accidentally ringing church bells, which is a real common thing. Yeah, no, they they have this kind of weird, like, meet cutie thing, even though they've known each other for years. They haven't known each other for years. They've known each other for, like, four days. When Claudia goes with Anna to meet Sandro, that's the first time they've met. Yeah, they're meeting for the first time. It feels like they should have been friends for years because, like, Anna and Claudia seem to be best friends, and mm. it seems like Anna and Sandra have been dating for at least a couple of years. It makes sense that they would have met. They're yeah. like, sit like halfway through a film, Sandra says, Oh, you know, it's crazy that we only met like three days ago. Uh, yes, absolutely. But also, like, this film is very deliberately vague with its sense mm. of time. Uh, and I like, uh, uh, in, in the way that it is so specific with its sense of space. It like, I kind of think this film happens over like, it feels to me this film happens over like a year because of how like big the shifts in, in the, in them are like, like Claudia arc to boil it down is like starting by being like, where the fuck is Anna? And then ending with like, I'm terrified. Anna has come back. Yeah. I do not want her to return. Um, because then she will take, uh, S- S- Sandro, yeah. 
so yeah, they have this kind of very intense push and pull where where they're very close together. He kind of proposes again as he seems to always do, and she bounces off that, and, and so uh, he uh, uh, goes to uh, the street and starts a fight with an artist by deliberately ruining his painting, not painting, sketch. Yeah. Uh, uh, he just knock, knock, is, knocks a bottle of ink all over, all over this very nice line drawing. Yeah, and the guy's like, you did that on purpose. And he's like, me? No. Uh, uh, but then he goes he goes back to um, to Claudia, and, and for whatever reason, she rejects him. Like, the proposal has turned her uh, cold. Mm. And then he has disappeared the next morning. Uh, uh, where Where is she? Uh, where is he? Why? Uh, I'm terrified Anna has come back. She, she does a lot of. She, she goes downstairs uh, where the hotel is uh, full of leaves for some reason. Uh, I yeah. guess because it looks um, good. And yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, she finds uh, Sandro uh, having sex on a couch with uh, that woman from earlier. Yeah, the 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 quote unquote writer. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is worth backtracking a little uh, to stress that she's looking around this place for so long. There's a really long bit on a staircase, uh, and that is the point where, uh, at, at its uh, debut, the Cannes Film Festival, which famously uh, Antonioni and uh, the lead, uh, whose name has just flown out of my head, uh, uh, had to leave both in tears because the audience was laughing and booing throughout. Uh, and the shot on the stairwell is where uh, a chant of cut, cut, cut began. Uh, uh, it then had a second screening and won the grand jury prize. <laughs> uh, and he is like kind of cares and kind of torn apart by it. And she goes to look out over the city to look at a, a, a mountain in the distance and he joins her and, and she like in an ambiguous way kind of like comforts him uh, and, and like this is the point where I'm like yeah obviously this is them finally grieving the fact that their friend has a thing I talked about before um, uh, 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 I just think that's so obvious and like I that ending that sequence on the roof really works right. for me Having him just boning the quote unquote bimbo, I'm just like, and she's like, even as she fight, even as she knows that this is a cheating situation, when that they are caught in 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 flagrante, uh, um, she's just like, ah, now let's keep going. Like, can you leave me a souvenir? And you're just like, not. Yeah, he just like no, he just pulls buddy. out a handkerchief and chucks it at her. And it is, you just didn't need to do that you don't need to treat that character that way it's just anyway um because uh, it doesn't seem like she's paralleling with anything whereas almost everyone else in this film is paralleling uh with something and i mean yeah i i'm calling this film sound even though it has two pretty major marks against it one is that this is a film from before about 1988, 89, uh, uh, beautifully restored Criterion, Janus, 
wonderful logos, that grain, something's missing, Finn. There were no title cards at the beginning uh, talking about the restoration process. Got it. Right. I I also noticed that. Heartbreaking. I don't know how, like, I'm going to say it. More like Shiterian collection. Got it. Nice. I, th- I hope they'll really think Yeah, they're not coming that. back from that one anytime and soon. Well, no, maybe they can come back. Or at least Ratcatcher on Rujin B Blu-ray, you fucking cowards. I want to be able to buy it from you. I'm Or Assassination of Jesse James by the Cow, Robert Ford. Release that at all. Finn, more importantly, do you want to release a Ratcatcher? Because once they've caught all the rats, they start going for bigger and bigger animals. Yeah. And, like, you, you know, I don't, like, you're a bit rodent. <laughs> it's the worm-like tail. Oh, yeah. The constantly scurrying hands. The fact that you travel a lot in a enclosed space. Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, that kid fucking drowns at the end, so I can take him in a fight easy. I'm glad that you're saying that not me you know i don't want to look i'm just saying i could beat up uh three out of four protagonists of lynn ramsey's films yeah no 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 i i'm just i absolutely agree i'm just like i can't say that to you it, it, it's a different thing of someone saying yeah i could beat up kevin I could beat up Joaquin Phoenix and you were never really here. I could beat up the rat catcher. Well, wouldn't wouldn't, but Samantha wouldn't stand Morton, a chance against old Sammy. I assume Samantha, Samantha Morton, I assume. I like her no, no, muscles. No, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But also, like, her muscles are, like, taut wire. <laughs> like, between, like, you know, she's, like, because she's such a, like, a... a Strong whippet, you know? That is not me attempting to be like, ah, she's small, but it is like, there's such, like, she's such a knot, you know? She vibrates. She's like the fucking opposite of an Antonioni <laughs> person. And that, like, she, she's almost always about to explode at any moment. Whereas, like, Antonioni, you're like, you're like borderline about to fall asleep at any yeah. point. The other major problem is, of course, uh, plagiarism because uh, this is a film that starts introducing with one a character we're assumed to be the lead and then surprisingly in a twist they disappear that's right I am talking about a very similar work the first episode of Torchwood <laughs> Uh, um, where the character of Susie is revealed to be a villain and called off, even though she was in all the promotional material, she's in the opening credits. And, and it is just kind of hard to deal with that this film that I genuinely like has the same plot twist as most post Whedon, like genre television did for about 20 years. Oh, and also it came out the same year as Psycho, which does exactly the same thing. Uh, so those are my two big problems with yeah. it. But apart from that, I think it's sound. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like. I I guess it's a it's it's like a very very marginal sound to me, just because it look just because it looks so good, and and because of that and because of that one moment that I really really love. 
And like and like like Monica VD is like obviously really great in it and uh, should be in and like it, <laughs> it, it makes sense that uh, that, that like uh, Antonio uh, that Antonio uh, loved looking at her. Uh, totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, she uh, uh, she uh, works really well on film. Yeah, and and this again against a place. I said I'd watch Lynn not by now but like no yeah <laughs> i've got too much on uh uh main like i've got sobbing yeah. got weeping yeah um i watched a whole season that's a hundred episodes of richard osmond's house of games in 10 days uh, uh and i'm starting the next season i'm really beginning to work out the patterns on that show i don't i can't fit lanot in there as much as I think I'd get a lot out of it. But anyway, uh, um, uh, uh, she's given, like, I, I think when this inevitably is on as a revival in the film festival or they're showing the new 4K restoration at, you know, the Hollywood, uh, uh, I, I think you should go because I think this is a film that requires that attention. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing is, is, like, when you gave Eclipse attention, um, uh, uh, and like his, like his work in Eros as well. You're like, this is not. This is just shallow. Whereas, like, there is stuff like um, the adventure is about something in a way that Eclipse never really was, and sure, even like yeah. Zabriskie Point never really is. Um, uh, which is like, yeah, I think it is worth. It's worth like check it out. It is too long. It's nearly two and a half, which I will only accept for Batman films. Oh, this is like a thought I had really early on while watching it that I will I'll give to you uh, uh, as a way in the future to engage, um, which is this is the film which all of all Fellini characters are acting in, like. Uh, th- this is like this is the work they do, and seeing it in those terms, where I'm like, we are watching, but an aspect uh, uh, of a world, which is true of all media, like that. Really, I gift that to you. But like, even if you're only marginal on it, like this film, widely acclaimed, first ever BFI list, number two, mm. next one, number five, next one. Number seven, next two couldn't find the lists uh, 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 that go down. He's not in the top 10, Mm. but then 21st equal, you know, like people love this shit. It won a a BFI award, a golden globe and the jury prize at Cannes. I don't think you could find a single person who didn't like this. Hey, uh, Yufa, I found someone who doesn't like the film. I'm glad. Uh, you said that because I was about to say you could own my car, which would be an issue because it's in Briar's name. Oh. Well, and also uh, I can't drive. Yeah, you could sell well, it, though. Okay. And also, so, uh, Finn, yeah. ever been in Auckland traffic? Not being able to drive <laughs> is a big, isn't a, re- isn't mm. a concern. Correct. No, yeah, no, you, no you're saying. killing yeah, it. No, no, right. no, okay. uh, just before I get uh, to the review, I've already tweeted about this, but I'm going to make it uh, public here as well. Although I think this episode will come out after the Oscars. Um, yeah. If 
uh, uh, if uh, drive my car wins two or more of the four Oscars is, is nominated for, I will learn to drive. That's that, that's a promise I'm making. Uh, and that's so you can learn Chekhov dialogue, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drive around all the time listening to my dead wife read out the lines of a Chekhov play. What a film. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, very, very good. Hey, it was the Batman length, and I wasn't mad at it. Mm. So, uh, speaking of Chekhov, this review is, in fact, by one of the great masters of European dramaturgy. This is a one-star review by Letterboxd user Aeschylus. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Aldo Scavada was a very good cinematographer, and the work he did here is fantastic. But aside from that, La Aventura was an extremely boring film that completely failed to appeal to me. Personally, it takes a whole lot to make me care about angsty Europeans. Fellini and Bergman, have been, <laughs> Fellini and Bergman may, may have been able to do it, but outside of him, the angst makes me want to grind my teeth. Unfortunately, La Aventura made me want to grind my teeth more than anything. Uh-huh. Just briefly to pause. That is just racism, what you're <laughs> saying, right? That is just like, I have no interest in the the idea that Europeans have interior lives outside of the existential dread uh, uh, of Bergman or the existential, like, uh, covetousness of Fellini. That's just like... Bad way to start, buddy. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, it was a good way to start because he's right about that cinematography. Yes. Uh, by, uh, by the half hour mark, the tedium got to me. The slow narrative pace over 144 minutes combined with the angsty characters and pretentious dialogue left me bored to death. It's not so much that Love Ventura's style is cold, but more that it is soulless. Don't let Scavada's beautiful cinematography fool you. The film is too long to sustain its narrative, characters, and emotions. What we have here is a film that holds the spirit back rather than inspiring it. That is all. I, yeah, that's not the experience I had in the film. And uh, uh, you didn't like it as much as I did. But uh, this narrative of, of people looking for a mutual friend and then falling for each other like that is not a soulless story, sure, right? Yeah. It is. It is so like, and it is like they play to the emotion of it so much. I really struggle with that review, um, but of course I do because I'm burdened to be right, and the world is burdened with opposing me. So, you um, would you like to guess Aeschylus's top four films? I mean, I do not think they were invented during his lifetime. So, like, what are films that are also were also released in like stone tablet form? Uh, previous films we have already covered, and uh, one of the films is by a director who we have already covered several times. So, the director who we've already covered mm. uh, are they is English their first language, or presumably uh, yes? Okay, uh, all right. Is ooh, who who have we covered multiple times? So for, okay, to okay, is it David Lynch? Uh, it is not, but one of the other films is a Lynch. Mulholland Drive. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a masterpiece. Uh, is it Hitchcock? No. And we haven't done multiple Kubrick at this point, have we? No. no. 
Um, okay. Uh, Chris Columbus? No. Um, Martin Brest? Yes. No. Really? I think. Like, who knows? Yeah. Someone who looks at, at La Aventura, a film that is definitely boring, but something being boring doesn't mean it does not have soul. The film Soul proves that. That film is not boring. It was just too good a joke. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, the two white men who composed the score for that film, about mainly about black jazz musicians. Great choice, Pixar. Anyway, have we done one recently by this director? Uh, no, but we've got one coming up soon. Oh, Gene Kelly. Um, is it... Oh, man, I re- this is where... I really, it is embarrassing. We've been doing this 88 weeks in a row. And I don't know what is on that fucking list. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Brisson. No. No, he doesn't speak. In, I mean, he probably, you know. This, this, this guy's like my top guy. I think Tinto Brass's <laughs> primary language would be Spanish. It's Italian. Scorchese? No, no, we've done him recently. Um. Oh God, we've done multiple, and multiple of their films are on the list. Yes, we we oh. we we've we've done two of their films on the side on on the side and sound list. There is one film yeah. of theirs still to go on the side and sound list, and there is another film of theirs that we are doing that is not on the side and sound list coming up soon. Oh, so it's not Leone again, Italian. Um. What is it with these damn Italians? Mario, etc. cetera, uh, lasagna, uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll aim at the other two, the two remaining okay. ones. Because uh, 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 that director, Blind Alley, um, I'm going to go, I need to return. Anyway, so uh, are either of them, do, do they? Does what? Do either of them contain supernatural elements? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, are either of them comedies? Uh, no, no. There are jokes in both of them, but 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 no. They are primarily dramas. Uh, okay. Uh, are they both in the English language? Uh, one of them is. One of them isn't. The one that isn't is uh, 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 is a film about Europeans feeling angst. Oh fuck! No, come on. Is it Goddard? No, no. Um, mm, Fellini. Yes, is it's, it, a, um, it's a Fellini. Uh, Dolce Vita. Uh, right star. Eight and a half. No, but we haven't done that yet, or have we? But not at the time we are recording. Uh, when I said we were already covered, I got it confused with La Dolce Vita. Uh, okay. So this other film? Uh, this is another director we have covered multiple films by, and also stars a director that we have covered uh, a uh, we have covered a film by. Jesus Christ! Um, Twilight. Um, no. We have we haven't done Catherine Hardwick. Um, because oh, the Lucy's guy didn't direct it; he just loosed it. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So um, uh, 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 it uh, stars a director who uh, we've uh, 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 who we've uh, covered a film by, 
and uh, uh, and featured in uh, uh, like one or two scenes is a director that we have covered a film by. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Is it from this century? No. So it's in black and white and silent, I presume. Uh, um, uh, it is in black and white. Uh, 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 the, the, the characters watch some silent films in it. That's just true of oh, Sunset Boulevard. Yes. What a film. Mm. And the last one, okay, this director, multiple times. Yeah. Got one coming up. Yeah. Fucking obvious, eh? Because yeah. not Kubrick, not Lynch, uh, uh, not it's not Ed Yang. Nope. Um, this person is famous as a writer, director, and star. Rocky. No. Oh, fuck. Rocky 2. No. Rocky 4. No. Th- th- this person, they get at certain points in their life, uh, in their life, uh, uh, we're probably, uh, 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 might, might be able to beat up Rocky. I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's a big dude. He's tall. He's oh, broad. Oh, right, 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 right. Third man? Uh, it is a, a Wells directed film. Touch of Evil? No, it's one we haven't covered yet. Well, it's one that's it's not on the side and sound list. Chimes of Midnight? No, uh, it is him uh, co-starring with his wife. If for fake? No. What the fuck? I will know it as well, yeah. right? Yeah, like, of course. It's not the other side of the wind. It's not. It, it's not Transformers the movie. It is not Transformers the movie. Is it like Mr. Something? No. Uh, you think of uh, Mr. Arcaden? Uh, it's not that. Yeah. No. This is basically the film that gets him kicked out of Hollywood until he comes back for a touch of evil. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me. The, it's not the lady from it. Shanghai. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fucking of course. Ugh. Ugh. I just, I would never have thought of that. Um, uh, uh, it just was absent from my the mind. The very good movie. Watched recently. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll get around to it uh, when I uh, drink. From the wells. Finn didn't see because he's reading in his covered up screen, but I gave him a cheeky wink (laughs) at the end of that. So the world's terrible, right? Like the present sucks. Uh, Now is just a bad place to be occurring. Yeah. Um, Have you considered nostalgia? where you look at the past or you're reminded of things that occurred in the past uh, uh, when you were safe and warm and loved and it makes you feel happy. Have you considered that? Uh, No, I've I've never considered that. Uh, Well, here's an easy way to try it out for the first time. The Touchstone Pictures logo. (laughs) Uh. The, the beginning, I was immediately dispo- uh, disposed to enjoying Six Days, Seven Nights when it began with that logo uh, and, and I was 10 and nothing hurt. Then what happens, Finn? Oh, then uh, we're introduced to uh, a modern career woman uh, played yeah. by Anne Hesh, uh, who is uh, playing the character of uh, Robin Monroe. Who is yeah. a, uh, a a she? She's like an, an assistant editor at a fashion magazine run by Alison Janney. Yeah, Alison Janney. Like, like I mean, always a joy to see yeah. her. 
but like as as a strict magazine editor who's constantly be like, sorry, but I need you to go to Tahiti. You're like, why? I just want her to be every character in every film ever, like, or or at least like most of the supporting cast, like Tom Noonan in Anomalisa. Um, I think like an Anomalary where everyone else is Alice and Janney. Do you think I could get, what is it like $8 million on Kickstarter to make a film with that idea? Uh, I think you could try. Yeah. I, I think there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't give it a shot. So she's a real career woman. How do we know this? Uh, because uh, she has a job, which she does. But she's busy. She's busy. She doesn't, she doesn't take time for herself. Doesn't take time for her boyfriend, David Schwimmer. Yep. Ross Geller himself. Uh, hair, the director hair, of Run, Fat Boy Run himself. Yeah. Here playing the character of Frank Martin, a character with no similarities to Ross Geller. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. A, a, like, a, a character who def, who definitely never uh, 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 a character who definitely never uh, we were on a breaks anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were on a break <laughs> is slightly different to I thought you were dead, and like, admittedly, that also happened on Friends where yeah. there was that horrific car accident because <laughs> Joey was drunk driving, yeah. and it, and it looked like. Uh, um, Phoebe, who Ross was dating at the time, had died, but it was actually Ursula, her twin, from Mad About You. Um, From from that porn, uh, Muffy the Vampire Layer. I believe it was Buffet the Vampire Layer. This is how much of a career woman Robin is, listeners. In the first shot we meet her, she's on a bustling, New York Street. Mm-hmm. She's she's coming out of a subway station. Bumps into a guy. He drops his coffee on her. She says, oh, that's just perfect. Then she goes to a newsagent to buy a newspaper, and then there's a call on her blimmin' cell phone. Right. She can't even In 1998, she gets a call on a cell phone. This is pre-the-matrix. Yeah. Matrix. So cell, cell phones, still, still, you know, still, still the technology of the future. This is... It's crazy that she has a cell phone. Uh, but yeah, she's meeting up with Swimmer, uh, who, yeah, like, is he playing the character like Ross? The real question is, uh, has he ever acted at all? Um, well, like, nah, he's, so so here, here, here is the thing. Like, I, I, I think that David Schwimmer is uh, very underserved by this role. I think he is perfectly served by this. Well, role. okay. So here, here, here is a thing I think David Schwimmer is very good at, and that is yeah. dithering. Yeah, and he did, and he dithers so much in this. No, no, this like this doesn't give him nearly enough dithering to do, and like dithering that he does get is not heightened enough. Like, okay, so like, the, like the scene- he, he should be playing the stuff. A lot, like for, for like bit where he eats pineapple. That's like that's good. More of that, but it should be bigger. Wait, okay. So the scene where uh, he's drunk uh, uh, and Harrison Ford's girlfriend is also drunk mm-hmm. and is like, "Come sleep with me because women are whores." Uh, oh no, this, can- this specific woman is. <laughs> yeah, but oh mate, but but anyway. it's okay because she says. 
I hope I'm not being slutty while she's doing it, so it's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we both noted that. But like she is and she starts taking off her clothes and he keeps alternating between being like, Oh, we shouldn't do this and then he'll look at her and be like, Oh, maybe, maybe we should and he he's frantically his eyes darting around the room like yeah, his, uh, his, his, pupils, a, his pupils expanding and contracting. <laughs> <laughs> like sweaty and jittering and, and like uh uh, uh and then uh, after he spoiler but uh obviously um the this film is in in the lewd for muff uh, uh, uh two couples uh do do the love square and uh and swap via via cheating kind of um and the 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 morning after he 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 bones down with uh the the woman who e- e- expresses her sexuality and um is thus vilified for it uh, and made an object of of fun and objectification which uh you know the best two ways to have a woman am I right I'm wrong um uh, he he is <laughs> he's sitting eating breakfast and he goes how can I eat? I'm scum. I'm garbage. This experience has tested me and revealed no character whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's a that's a that's a great moment. Well, and it is like let's focus on Schwimmer <laughs> uh, uh, for now, and like uh, uh, which is not to uh, dismiss uh, Harrison Ford's girlfriend, whose character name I. Refuse to remember uh, Angelica, uh, played by Angel- uh, played by uh, a French actress called Jacqueline Obradors. Yeah, uh, uh, she is having great fun in this horrifically written character. Yes, uh, and and like uh, her job is essentially to make goo goo eyes at people, and, and like like we talked about with Marilyn Monroe, like she's so good at wearing. Her her glamour and beauty, but also like her job is is to be fucking uh, uh, Harrison Ford and then fuck David Schwimmer. Yeah. Like that's that's what she's for. Uh, she uh, does a uh, sexy dance at one point, which is cut I mean, in a way that you never have to see her dance. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's more than Robert Rodriguez did for Selma Hayek and from <laughs> Dusk to Dawn, you know. Um, but yeah, like Schwimmer, the third lead of this film, we're not yes. dwelling on the first two, the two much more interesting ones, is like, yeah, he is just this, like, he is constantly sweating. He is just this weak boned idiot who keeps, who, who keep like, like a bird headed fucker. And it is just this man, like, seeing a film where it is like, this guy is a fucking soft boy dick. Yeah. Like, he, 20 he, he, years before people coined that, you know? Yeah, in the like, first scene of Van Hashmet, when, when, she, when she shows up to her job, uh, she, she, uh, she, she gets delivered a giant bouquet of flowers with, with, yeah. with, 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 with a note that says, oh, you know, it seems like an eternity. You know, I can't wait to see you again. And then Alice Jane's like, oh, how long has it been since you've seen each other? And, he's, and she's like, oh, it's been two days. Yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, this guy's a fucking pussy. Well, and, and, and like, and like, there is, and I like that within that, it is also all done almost like he is pathetic and irritating. And like, clearly, you know, 
uh, uh, the the villain boyfriend in a um, in a romantic comedy. Yeah, but he like throughout he is consistent with his love like he's never he's just a fucking shit like he's a bad person rather than a villain like he's just bad at being alive obviously my preference is for david schwimmer to never be on film sure Um, that's understandable but if you're gonna like he is irritating and i believe pointedly uncharismatic like i do not uh enjoy spending time with him but sure. to like like uh, uh jared leto in both the little things and house of gucci like maybe you can weaponize that like just like little things and in, in house of gucci are like the way we position jared leto is that he's a fucking idiot annoying shit who everyone else is visibly annoyed to be spending time with or near like uh, uh, uh i wish i had mentioned in our end of the year show that like maybe my favorite single moment in film is that when uh, uh rami malik is first as a cop is first interviewed jared leto in the little things he's all like oh what can i do i've laid you out a riddle what is true what is not and, and and Rami just puts his hand <laughs> over his face, <laughs> just being like, "Fuck, just quit it. Come on, this is too much. It's great." <laughs> but so, like, casting David Schwimmer as a spineless, sweating toad of a man who has to have no charisma, who has to have be desperate, who you have to just laugh at his distress at every moment. Like that, that they they uh, once they've been missing. For like three days, they do the obvious thing, which is after a day they call off the search, and then a day after that they well, have it's a up, funeral. It's after, it's after like three days they call off the search. Uh, I'm, I mean, once again, we have a film with interest based on the title, a quite ambiguous timeline. Like at the funeral, um, uh, 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 he immediately is breaking down, sobbing. Uh, uh, grabbing he, he, the he, priest, he, he, saying, he, he, "I have grabbing, sinned. I have sinned." It's yeah, it it it's 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 great stuff, and I uh, am so sad that David Schwimmer has to exist in the real world for, for this <laughs> to exist on film. That's but I've cr- I've crossed into bullying, haven't I? Uh, he you 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 can bully David Schwimmer. He's not going to give a shit. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like a situation where, like, Silver Fox Schwimmer is going to kick down my door and say, "Hope you've had your swimming lessons <laughs> before he drowns me." You know, <laughs> like you know, the end of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which is a montage of them beating up internet commenters who were mean to them. <laughs> yeah, oh, incredible, visionary. Um, but. He is but a subplot. Tell me, at the heart of this film, t- walk me through it. Okay, so Anne Hesh, uh, goes to a restaurant to meet up with her boyfriend, David Schwimmer, and he's like, hey, you know how you say, but like, we never get to do anything romantic. We never get any time to ourselves. Well, I've booked us a holiday on this remote Tahitian island. And everyone's like, oh, that's great. And then they go to Tahiti. Yeah, and uh, uh, they, they uh, get off their plane in Tahiti, and uh, 
uh, they need they need to find their charter plane to this specific island. Yeah, it is. It's Makatea or Makatea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm unsure of the pronunciation because all uh, South Pacific or Pacifica people in this film exist to silently serve and dance. That's right, guys. This film is racist. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, like the best thing that happens involving any characters of color is, is that pretty early on there's a Calypso band uh, 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 with, with an incredible lead guy wearing a um, Hawaiian shirt yeah. singing a, a song called The Calypsonians while playing a steel guitar. And you're like, this is pretty great. Then you look him up and you see that his stage name is Taj Mahal. And you're like, okay. Oh, okay. No, I think I've heard of that guy before. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a really famous like blues guitarist and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, But but like that is, this is set in the South Pacific. And it is about three white people and a, uh, a villainous kind of like French woman playing a codedly brown character, you know? Yeah. Um, it, 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 and it is, oh man, like, and the fucking score. Did you, like, I really fucking dwell on this. Oh, uh, like, I, I, I was just thinking about how uh, I uh, did not register the score at all. I uh, have no memory of it. Okay. So what do you think... What would the bad score for this film be? Uh, the uh, score from Dune. I think that just wouldn't. I think that would be uh, totally inappropriate. Where the conversation we're having is about race. Keep that in mind. And like, yes, there is a conversation to be had about are they whitewashing the Fremen or are the Fremen too much of of a uh, you know in some ways like appropriation and kind of distortion of Middle Eastern peoples that would be inappropriate. Uh, uh, to, to cast any, and you're kind of damned if you do, if you damned if you don't, and like using throat singing to denote bad guys and bagpipes to denote good guys is fucking sweet as. What a film. Um, third best film of last year, IMO, just off the top of my head. Um, but like, what would the bad score be? I mean, lot, I mean, lot, 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 uh, lots of uh, like uh, ukulele uh, and like Hawaiian style music. You're being too specific. They're in a uh, tropical and, and kind of a jungle. Maybe lots of steel drums. Steel drums, bongos. Right, yeah, Gen- yeah. all generic foreign. I believe in there. There's like some Asian strings, maybe a sitar, maybe a birimbau. Uh It is horrific. It is like uh, library music from uh, I don't know the the presidential library of Hitler McFuck. The thing with with Taj Mahal performing the Calypsonians. It's great. It's fun. I love you know. Extended shots of live performance in film. Great. And then David Schwimmer and Anne Heche come in and do the whitest dancing of all time. It feels like a hate crime. They are so out of time. Their bodies are so loose. It, it, it's so like... The, I, and I still really like, to be clear, I like this film despite these moments. Not, I'm not implicitly endorsing 
and Hayesh or David Schwimmer dancing in public. That would be unacceptable. But yeah, let's talk about who shot this film. Yeah, so when we get to the airport in Tahiti and we need to give a charter flight, and Hayesh, she walks out to, to like charter plane area and uh, she sees a scruffy, uh, middle-aged, uh, swearing man working on a, a shitty plane. And that guy turns around and it's Harrison Ford. It and, was that uh, the first thing you noticed, though? Well, well, so uh, so it's it was Harrison Ford, and uh, working on this plane with him is an old man who is uh, just billed as mechanic in the credits, yeah, but is played by uh, Michael Chapman, the cinematographer of uh, this film, uh, but also the cinematographer of uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. Uh, the Fugitive, Lost Boys, The Last Detail, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Last Waltz, Hardcore, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Uh, just like uh, 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 so much, so much great stuff. Uh, uh, David Duchovny's House of D, he shot that as well. It, it is as much as Space Jam. Um, Space and, Jam, yeah. And, and as much in cases. Uh, uh, as in cases like this, normally you're like, and you can kind of see it. Whereas in this, it's not badly shot by any means, but it is like generic film. Like uh, it is- I, 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 I think there are a couple of moments where there are like ways for the frame shots that are interesting, but really not as many as you'd want out of the Michael Chapman shot film. Yeah, and I don't like those for a large reason that. I don't want to burden our whole discussion with, but I will. I, I will uh, I, I get to it at the end. But um, I, the thing I didn't notice Michael Chapman. I didn't even really notice it was Harrison Ford when he turns around because he's missing something. A shirt, no. <laughs> and, and and he is. He's just a burly guy in that kind of like this is what fit uh, looked like before steroids. Yes. And, and I was just like, oh, man, it is. It's old Harrison Ford. Like, does he care anymore? Is this going to be one of the ones where he's kind of tuned out? And then he looks in the camera and you're like, no, Harrison, <laughs> Harry, you're here. Oh, my yeah, God. He's, he's, he is on it in this fucking movie. Sometimes. And like, well, sure. And, and, and like, like Harrison Ford, like, doesn't care in almost every movie he's ever made. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but, but, but like, and that's he, he sometimes is, his best work. Yes, but, but, but like, but like here, for, for for a lot of us, he he is he is committed to it, and he is piling on the scumbag charm. It is a very fun performance from him, which like really elevates the film. Yeah, and it is interesting. Like the bits that I don't think work, are the bits that check out, where he, I think he checks out, are the like action bits or like the like the plotty not plotty like when it's like oh we gotta you know how do you fly a plane you know like he does like there there is well yeah no as as we all know from real life harrison ford does not care about how you fly a plane well i did i did we do have to ask the question is this the film that introduced harrison ford famous stoner uh, to his biggest obsession, which is the famously sobriety requiring act of flying planes, it is not. He he did it beforehand. He did a lot of the flying himself in this film. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, I, so, uh, I'm looking up now. Uh, 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 he started doing flight training in the 1960s in Wisconsin. 
uh, and in the uh, mid nineties, uh, uh, he bought a uh, 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 he bought a, a Gulfstream two. And, uh, uh, and learned how to fly that. He also has... And now one- mostly flies Cessnas. Yeah, and he had another one of the exact same model that is in this film. Right, uh, yeah. The, I mean, that's uh, IMDb yeah, trivia. DHC to Beaver or whatever. A DHC to Beaver is, is a joke name, right? Because it's Dick Hardcock into Beaver. <sighs> This film was shot by Michael Chapman. Mm-hmm. This film is edited by Sheldon Kahn, whose first film was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then edited Mikey and Nicky, and then did like a lot of Sidney Pollock stuff, and then got involved with Ivan Reitman and edited basically all of his films. But like th- this, this is edited by the guy who fucking edited Mikey and Nicky, and like, I can who, who 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 edited all of that footage for Mikey and Nicky, <laughs> like million feet of film or whatever. He propo- Schwimmer proposes to Heish, right? Yeah, yeah. On, on the on the first night that they're there, mm. before the white people dancing, and she yep. is like kind of non-committal uh, uh, about it, right? Like, well, I mean, she 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 accepts. Yeah, but it's but, not. But, but she's it's, not. It's, it's not like massively enthusiastic. Yeah, there are already. Uh, cracks showing uh, in the relationship, much like at the beginning of La Aventura. Then that night at a party, someone hits on Anne Heche. Yeah. You'll never guess who it is. It's Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harris' daughter and, Ford's brother. Yeah, and this is where we get to introduce to the fact that uh, he is an alcoholic, just a uh, sloppy drunk stumbling around this bar looking, f- looking desperately for anyone to hit on, and he hits on Anne Heche. Uh, before she reminds him that uh, she, she's the person that, uh, that, he, that he flew onto Yarn that day. And, and he's like, yeah, then, then, then he realizes that, uh, uh, that uh, his tactics haven't been working. Yeah, but uh, do you remember his, his, his charming drunk liners when she was like, you flew us here today? He goes, but so much has happened since right, yes, then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, because he like it is that interesting thing about like his his alcohol use is a problem, not and not just subtextually. It is it is a it is a source of conflict within the film, as it is within many people's lives. It's never too late to get help, um, uh, uh, but also it has the problem of up until it's an issue, all it does is make the character more fun. <laughs> I think you're supposed to feel like bad for him in this scene. He comes off as like a big a fucking loser who can't like who you know who, who can't like keep it together. Uh, he's a fucking fall down drunk who like can't remember this woman that he met earlier that day. He's like, "What are you even doing here? You don't like that guy?" He's like, "Well, we'll try. We'll find something here. There'll be a new spark, you know." And he goes, "It's an island, babe. If you don't bring it here." You won't find it here. That's when they like leave him just like drunk and alone. Well, yeah, we, we have skipped over one of the most horrifying events in this film that does uh, include uh, pirates firing artillery at our heroes, uh, which is uh, David Schwimmer approaching someone and saying, is he bothering you? Uh, uh, where you're just like, no, like you cannot, you are not able to resolve this. You like chemically induced coma dolphin. It's horrific. <laughs> then, then we can't. Well, like, I, I, I would love to see 
the cut of this movie where David Truett does try to fight Harrison Ford. <laughs> I would... In Blade Runner 2049, yeah. you know that bit where Harrison Ford is supposed to punch Ryan Gosling in the face? And he really but, punched him. Uh, yeah, and he yeah. really punched him. There's a like, great photo of, Harrison, of, of Ryan Gosling's like, face just like spinning around, and he's like making a face that's like, oh, I just got punched, but also I just got punched by Harrison Ford. <laughs> and and like, I, I, would, I, would love to, I would love to see like 50-year-old Harrison Ford just, just punching David Schwimmer in the face. And, and Schwimmer like, just like, yeah, like this is always how it was going to end. Uh, then we get one of the many great jokes uh, in this film that succeeds best as a comedy, which is uh, uh, we cut to, they're on the beach, it's a beautiful day. And David Trimmer says, well done, ocean. Well done, sky. And then Anne Hayes says, well done, my ties. My ties had like a sponsorship deal in this because she orders one at the bar she mentions it now, and then she orders two later in this very scene. Yeah, but oh, uh, and then and then and then there's Schwimmer's incredible joke. Yeah, you you have it. You, oh, okay. I want yeah, you so, to uh, describe this this joke. So, as as Anne Hesh is saying this thing about my ties, uh, a, uh, uh, a uh, buxom woman in a in a bikini walks past, and and there is a close up on Schwimmer as he like lowers his sunglasses and says. Well done, silicone. And then and has playfully spots at him with a magazine. Um, hmm. But then she gets a call. It's AJ, not AJ Hackett. It's, a- it's AJ, not another Jesus. <laughs> it's AJ, not, not apple juice. It's Alison Janney. Christ, Finn, pay attention. <laughs> she was in the film yeah, earlier. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I, was, I was absolutely sure it was... Uh, uh, I was absolutely, I was absolutely sure it, it, it was angry Judaism. <laughs> She's like, you got to go back to Tahiti for a day. There's a photo shoot. It's the only time we can do it. Evander yeah, Holyfield, we're, 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 a second person. Yeah, pro- pro- probably another puncher. Uh, 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 like a a tire, like someone who slashes people's tires, a puncture. Hmm? Oh, hmm? fuck! Hmm? No, that's fuck. that's later for both pairs in the film. Uh, uh, and, and she is, you know, she says no, she says no, uh, but the film, so she says yes, and, yeah. and uh, then uh, she pitches it to David Schwimmer, and David Schwimmer. Is like, I don't want to come. I'll resent being there. And if I stay here, I'll miss you and you'll feel guilty, which is much better for me. Yeah, but, but, yeah but, but, that's, that's, that's preferable. Well, it's just one of the many genuinely good jokes in this film, as opposed to well done, silicone, which, like, uh, if it had a face, I would slap it. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, then we get some in the air stuff. There's a lot of real flying in this film. There, there is, uh, uh, yeah, there's a great, great drum solo. There's a, a lot of, uh, 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 there's some CG bits. And then there's also like, they hung empty planes off helicopters. There's a lot of plane content. Do you know how much Mm. this film cost? Finn guess, guess from looking at it. Uh, $30 million. Uh, in that, in that time's money. Like or like thirty million New Zealand dollars, would you say? Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, how 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 much is this? Like, like mid mid budget like action comedy 
Uh, uh, yeah, let's say like like uh, uh, like uh, twenty million dollars. Then uh, uh, you'll never guess, but uh, you're comically wrong. Uh, oh yeah, uh, 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 it's almost as if I set that oh, up. Okay, I just, yeah, oh, I just no, looked it up. Whoa, fuck! Yeah, the budget for this film was at the time sixty-five to seventy million American dollars, which, yeah. with inflation and conversion, is one hundred and sixty million New Zealand dollars today. Yeah. Where did that money go? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that is Harrison Ford, and like hanging a plane off a helicopter so they could crash it into the ground. But but anyway, sure. uh, this is they're, they're, they're up there in the plane. And, and as someone who ha- has um, uh, 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 looking at, you know, Harrison Ford flying a plane and looking at you, Finn, sitting at your desk, thinking across my life, how often uh, I've seen people on the ground uh, standing freely in, in cafes, uh, uh, walking the street. I want to, I'm stressing this because I Harrison Ford in this plane. I've never seen someone less flying a plane than he is there. It is like poor man's process. It's just dark outside with lights going past uh, and maybe some added in clouds. And he is doing, you know, all the horrific, annoying car driving acting cliches. Sure, yeah. uh, Where people are always looking around, taking their hands off the road. He's doing that. And like, it starts shaking and they start reacting because a storm comes in. Uh, 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 and it looks like things are going not great, right? Uh, at a certain point, uh, they uh, get uh, uh, their plane gets struck by lightning, and Harrison Ford decides to turn around, take it back to Tahiti. Yeah, uh, take it back to Makatea, and uh, uh, then the uh, wind gets too strong. Uh, uh, they uh, and they end up uh, they end up crashing on a beach. Yeah, and and uh, 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 and the uh, uh, landing gear of the plane gets t- uh, gets uh, torn up and smashed. Yeah, a, as a, they a wheel crash. gets ripped off. Yeah. Um. Ha, ha, now, very stressful situation. This is intercut with, with David Schwimmer watching uh, um, Harrison Ford's girlfriend dance while uh, lasciviously eating pineapple. And don't worry, I have. Cut that out and tweeted it. That's at yeah, and, and he's just all like he's like bobbing his head back and forth. Like, the, it is. He, he, he's he's doing what like deeply uncool people think it's like when you're doing like when you're like a cool guy who's confident. Just, I I don't like, think you cool. need to preface anything about David Schwimmer in any scenario with he's doing what uncool people think yeah, yeah. cool people do. Like uh, uh, Anne Hayes in the plane, she's terrified. So she's taken a bunch of Xanax and like, that's the second, that's the most relatable thing, you know, after third wheeling while the other two wheels uh, are a two seater bicycle is yeah. When faced with almost certain death or at least a uh, massive damage to the planet, taking so many mood stabilizers, you become borderline uh, incoherent. And when you wake up the next day in a crashed plane, the first thing you do is ask for coffee. Uh, that's a good joke. And Hesh, and Hesh asking for coffee. I'm not talking about my joke. My joke's <laughs> all good. I'm talking about she rolls out of the plane and is like, 
Anybody got coffee? And then Harrison Ford's like, we crashed. And she's like, how bad did we crash? And he's like, we real crashed. And she's like, I'm going to use my phone. It doesn't work. But you say we crashed. And he's like, we are so crashed right now. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing hey, we can do. We, look, we, 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 are, we, are, we are the past tense of Pete Holmes' HBO show because we are no longer crashing. We have crashed. Yeah. Uh, and so he... And he's like, we've only got one thing. We've got one flare. We've got to be careful with how we use this one flare. We cannot waste this one flare. If we wasted this flare, I might be like Shrek, and you might be like Donkey, and we might not be friends at the end of the second act and beginning of the third act. And luckily that doesn't doesn't come true. Uh, Entirely conflict-free film. Um, apart from, you know, the pirates firing an artillery shell at, at them. So they've cast it away. Yes. Uh, uh, they've, well, like, this is something to chat about. What was going on in the late nineties? Like, obviously there was like the one, two punch of alive and then, um, Apollo 13 as like, you know, survival films. Sure. Yeah. But in, in this era, we have like castaways in two years, the edge, which is not in an abandoned place, but it is like, he, they're totally lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, 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 and like perfect storm. Like what, what was happening in the American psyche that they felt was so tr- like, well, I just don't I, know what that I, speaks I am- to. So I, I am guessing, uh, like with all things about the American psyche, uh, on, on, only good things happening. There's a real, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's, look, it's, it's that America was like feeling good about itself. Nothing bad had happened in a while. And so everyone was like, yeah, we, 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 we want to feel like we're in danger. Mm. So we made these movies about like, like, oh, two sexy people get lost and they have, they get, they get like sexually lost, and you're like, yeah. And, yeah and to I be clear, sexually lost. In the case of the film The Edge, the two sexy yeah. people you're referring to are Anthony Hopkins. Sylvester Stallone and the Bear. Uh, I was going to. Uh, then she's like, fine, I'm just going to stay in the plane. And she goes and she fucks around in there, and Harrison Ford's like, don't. And she accidentally unleashes the, the, the inflatable dinghy which uh, smushes her against the window in what I thought was a very good piece of physical comedy. I don't think there's much funnier than a face flattened against glass, except for when it's a face flattened against the floor, but shot as though it's glass in super slow motion. And it's Lena Headey at the end of Dread 3D. But like, this is where... Yeah, so they start to do normal survival stuff. They go out and try and find water. They go on a big hike to try and find a beacon tower that might be on the island. Uh, and, uh, and and while they're doing all this stuff, there, is, there, are, like, uh, there are various things that, uh, there are various things that uh, bring them closer together. Well, yeah, like and when what, uh, Harrison Ford has to stick his hands down her pants to uh, pull a snake out. Uh, yeah, before we get to that moment, and uh, uh, the conversation before, like, there, there is another conversation that happens before then, which also establishes that that I 
I, I want to touch on. But the thing I like about this is that she's like, well, you'll save us because I assume you're like a mechanic Boy Scout, right? Like, you know how to survive in these situations, be chucked out in the wilderness. And he's like, no, I know how to fly planes. <laughs> we can, like, I know how to, like, we can work this out together, but I'm not like, I'm not some big survivalist, uh, uh, which, which is like, I don't know, nice. Like, it, it is not the expected thing. And sure, yeah. Uh, uh, and it is like everything when he, when he is the one in charge of helping the other it's all like um flight related things like where could we possibly be and navigation i don't know it just it's a good bit there's some detail in here but anyway uh, uh there is a scene where where Haish accuses ford of ogling her yeah uh, 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 which is understandable because as f- she is for most of the film she is wearing what is technically defined as a shirt uh, uh, but it is you just uh, you know you end up being able to to draw her milkers from memory like uh, uh, I know Marina Abramovich uh, uh, says she came up with the idea of like the artist is present but we all know it is a riff on Anne Heche's my nipples are present in six days seven nights like I cannot how I just became so aware throughout this film of like how naked they were making her with clothes still on her, you know, like I have seen people in less clothes be more covered. And I want to be clear. I'm, I'm no prude. Uh, I don't know. You don't get to make jokes about being ogled and then uh, uh, hypothetically have Anne Heche be scared by a uh, very sleepy pig uh, into a water in a white, already transparent shirt where you're like, uh, yeah, okay. So you genuinely just have like a wet t-shirt competition bit of this film. Uh, uh, and I don't, I, uh, daddy does not like, uh, 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 as daddy, I had them formally submit it and I had to get out my stamp that says not it chief. Um, but this is also like, yeah, they're having bants and she says, I have a problem. Something has just gone up my pants. And I think it's a snake. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, Harrison Ford, what does he do? He, he wades into the water with her. Yep. Uh, he uh, puts his hand out of pants and he, uh, pulls a, he pulls a snake out. Yeah. And uh, it is, I don't know, like, I kind I mean, of it, like. It, 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 it is one of one of. It is one of the less subtle uh, sexual innuendos uh, in the history of film. But like, I kind of like it for its bluntness. And then, yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, when the snake is out, she hugs him out of relief and, and, and like faint arousal. And, and uh, Anne H just has an incredible reaction shot where she she manages to express like, hey, uh, and also like, why am I feeling these things all in one look? And you're like, oh, man. Uh, uh, I wish the stigmatization of mental health and uh, queer phobia hadn't put us to your career. But but anyway, um, I mean, she still works, but mm. then there's the funniest bit of the film and the best bit. 
which is uh, when Harrison Ford in full camouflage, uh, so head to toe covered in leaves, walks across a and green leaves, walks across a white beach, uh, uh, you know, yellow, I guess. Uh, 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 it starts white and then, because it makes you old, goes yellow, you know, time, patina. Um, uh, uh, Going to kill uh, a peacock and just him as this kind of like semi-Dalek shambling leaf being with Harrison Ford's voice coming out being like, what else are we going to eat? And then cutting to them eating the most fucking store-bought Thanksgiving roast turkey peacock ever. I'm like, I like it when peacocks are killed. Yeah. Uh, And I just, it's a good visual. Uh, uh, There's good bants between them. Like, this period is defined by just incredibly like fun chemistry and banter between them, yeah, right? That, yeah, and, and yeah, like that's the good stuff in this movie. And like this, the, the, this movie does like a pretty good job at like building a, like a like real sense of attraction between the two of them, and like yeah. and like doing the thing where it goes from oh they they hate each other and they're sniping each other to oh they're kind of into each other now. Like it, it like it, it does it does that like kind of cliched stuff like very very well. Yeah, you see it like, ain't, like you buy it. Near the end of the movie, there is a sequence where they are fixing the plane. And mm-hmm. it's this kind of like five minute sequence of, of them like digging holes and like pulling ropes and, and, and doing all this stuff. And just like built into it, obviously, like reaction shots of one of them looking at the other one doing work and just being like, oh. And like, it's good. It's good, it's good stuff. Yeah. It helps that uh, Harrison Ford and Anne Heche are both uh, very attractive. Yeah, you think? Mm. Uh, 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 God, Harrison, is, Harrison Ford is super fucking hot in this movie. Well, as is commented on, uh, there's a scene where, where he's like, how do you think I am? And she's like, 50. And then he leans and whispers his real age, which at the time was 55. And he looks, I mean, what is time? Mm. Harrison Ford being only 20 years older than me in this film, psychic wound. Um <laughs> But uh, 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 she says, hey, you look good for your age. And he says, I am good for my age. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, that's how, like, the whole film, like, when it sings, it's doing like that. And it it, it lands that shit so hard, as well as the perfect deployment uh, uh, of Schwimmer. But it's like when they're they're on a dinghy because they're trying to fight, they see another boat. Uh, and they're trying to meet up with it. So they get on the dinghy yeah. uh, and they have it, you know, heart to heart about, you know, uh, prior relationships. Harrison Ford, uh, 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 she's like, so what's up with you and, um, you know, your girlfriend character who's currently yeah. fucking David Schwimmer? Um, and he goes, we keep it simple. And then Hayes goes, was it ever, co- is it ever complicated with you? And he goes, there was someone and she immediately jumps with, Oh no. And she died. I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, yeah. we got divorced. And it is like, uh, uh, it's good stuff. And they, they soon find that, that boat they were looking for. You'll never guess who's on board. Pirates. Boba Fett. <laughs> and, um, Oh, uncle bully and machete. And, uh, many unspeaking other pirates. Yes. Uh, it's unclear that oh, they've taken over the ship. 
we see them they're pretty brutal guy getting shot in the head moment yeah which is um, uh, fun which is fun for a disney movie bambi was the second animated feature they ever worked on and like thumper is called thumper because of the noise bodies make when they hit the ground after he's executed them gangland style one bullet to the head yeah I mean, of and course, we see that so many times. Then there was, of course, the sequel that is mentioned on the first episode of season two of The Young Ones. Bambi goes crazy, it's bonkers with his <laughs> drill and sex. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, like The Little Mermaid, you know, which was, you know, uh, uh, nine years before this, she's only little because oh. large parts of her body were mown off with machine gun fire. <laughs> I think they made Young Ones joke so often. The bit where Adrian Evanson says, yeah, I really love the sequel. Bambi goes crazy, it's bonkers with his drill and sex. And then, and then it comes to Neil and he says, is that true, Bambi? Did you do a Disney nasty? <laughs> 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 um, oh, hey, God, what a good show. Uh, Adrian Emerson and Rick Mail. <laughs> Check out their stuff. Little, you know, little gem, <laughs> if you're listening, of like uh, the closest punk ever got to be to being actually good art, I guess. Um, as a like, the spirit of punk music is kind of that it's bad, you know? Name one good piece of punk music. Any song by The Clash. So, yeah, this is where we get our major conflict. We got Tim, Cliff with dreads and an AK, uh, talking to each other uh, in, in Te Reo Māori. Okay, so they are speaking Te Reo? They are, and, like, this is IMDb trivia knowledge, <laughs> but they source it to, to Tim Wera Morrison's uh, autobiography, is that, um, you know, they were asked to do it translating lines written in the script. Right. Uh, but knowing they wouldn't be subtitled, that they were like fuck it, and so it's like a lot of the like yelling recipes back at each other, <laughs> talking about how they thought lunch was that day. <laughs> um, the pirates see them seeing them, uh, and so have to take them out. You know, no witnesses, and, and uh, they're about to kill Harris' daughter Ford's brother, Harrison Ford. Um, and when Anne well, Hayes, there's a like, big chase scene which starts with like with Harrison Ford like rowing frantically away from a boat and them kind of getting down in a motorboat and coming towards them with guns. One of the few shots that I did like in the movie is uh, once uh, Harrison Ford and Anne Hesh have uh, gone off the boat, they're like running up this beach. There's like a big hill with like a giant hole in a rock that looks sort of like a cathedral cove in New Zealand. And there's a shot of them from behind, like running towards it. And then it cuts to a reverse shot of the camera now on, on the other side of that hole, like looking through the rock as if they're like running towards it. That shot of them on the beach framed through, through the rock is like really good. Uh, like this uh, film achieves its action and spectacle really well. I think it does it almost too well. There's a later bit where Harrison Ford falls down a uh, like a bunch of rapids into mm. a waterfall, and it is like kind of hard to process romantic chemistry uh, when everyone is in like mortal danger. Like, why does this these film stakes have to be so high? You know. But anyway, Anne Heche is like, don't kill Harris' daughter Ford's brother, Harrison Ford. Um, we have gold. Yeah, and, and precious stones. Uh, and, and they use that as an excuse to, to run away. And you're like, oh, it's going to become a game of cat and mouse. Now nah, they just come back at the end. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, they, they're gone. They're free they, to just roam. Yeah, they go and hide for a little bit, and then they uh, find the thing that helps them uh, solve all their problems. When they're like running away to hide, they stumble upon the one like very kind of clear like studio set in, in the movie, which is this giant tree with a uh, World War II Japanese plane embedded in it. And like that set looks fantastic. It, it is kind of like a really like beautifully artificial in a like classic Hollywood way. And yeah, it doesn't really fit with the rest of the film's style. But I, I like at, at that point, I was like, they're like paying homage here to classic adventure romance movies of like 40s and 50s. And yeah, uh, I really love that set a lot. I think it's great. Yeah, it, it, it is just hard contextually to take. Uh, uh, I agree with everything you've just said. Uh, uh, it, it's a great set, and I think they are deliberately making that reference. But it is just hard to process in a film where, like, five minutes ago they were running like handheld lens flares. They get to yeah. the top of a cliff, sweeping vistas, and fueled by adrenaline for the first time they kiss. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, no, I can't jump. And H says, I can't jump. You go without me. I'll die. And Harrison Ford says, I'm sorry. And she goes like, it's okay. And he says, no, for this, and pushes her off. And it's just such a like gloss movie shit and it is like it's good at that but it is like it is gloss movie shit oh no it's when they get to the bottom it's when they get out of the ocean is when they kiss Mm. Uh, um but like going from that to yeah a studio set with a a crashed japanese plane uh uh, which means they're on skull island based on kong skull island right i i presume that i presume that was a deleted scene of that was the scene where tom hiddleston actually uh uses his camera in that film where he's a photographer was when he found uh uh you wouldn't find anything because everyone's gone at the end ho-hum they're just lucky they didn't encounter kong is what i'm saying i feel like I think pirates are too much jeopardy. Kong would really ruin this film. Yeah, yeah. I I personally think that that might be like a step too far. Yeah. What if it was a step to the streets, though? This is where uh, uh, the scene uh, of Schwimmer desperately trying not to have sex with her as as a as a sweating knotted weasel man his eyes darting all over the room uh, and i raise it again because we did not this is a film about comparing and contrasting and this scene has a almost direct equivalent uh, in la ventura the adventure there there is a scene almost exactly like this and we are a film that is ostensibly about comparing things so i did want to, to raise it again uh, uh, and that is uh, while on the boat after they've had a swim in the sea uh, um anna and claudia uh, 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 are getting changed and uh, uh, claudia is hypnotized uh, uh, by by anna as she undresses and they're very similar uh, in a lot of ways there's a lot of like kind of awkward looking uh, around and i do think the character of anna does have a ross geller energy the first scene of like playing romance rather than playing comic romance. Mm. We, we move out of comantic romedy to just comments, which is like, I liked kissing you. I liked kissing you. We shouldn't. Cause if I started kissing you, I would never stop. And I just, 
but you were doing this also well with jokes before. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like this was so much more fun. And then there's just this extended period of them just instead of joking, staring at each other. And I'm like, this is a lot of time where you could be entertaining me. I've seen I just watched an Antonioni film. I do not I've seen enough staring, Ivan. Yeah, then uh, we cut to the next morning. The reveal, David Schwimmer did stay and sleep with her. What did I do? And how many times did I do it? Great job. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, then there's guess how old I am. Then there's he's fall down's rapids. Uh, uh, then they're calling off the search, so they're guaranteed dead. Now, Harrison Ford um, has an idea which is they can use parts from the crashed Japanese plane yeah. to fix their plane. Yes, because the, because um, the Japanese plane uh, 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 has, has the like, skids where it can land on water. And so, mm, and so Harrison uh, Ford says, we can cut those off, we can take them back down to the beach, we can reattach them to our plane. Uh, uh, and so we get a little montage of them doing that, and, and they're getting in the plane, Ready to go away. Yeah. Uh, well, we, 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 we have we have a great montage of them uh, looking at each other while they're uh, getting all sweaty. Yeah. And, and at this point, uh, uh, H has put an, another layer on underneath her shirt. And it is impressive how now even with two layers, she still looks. It's still like you could take if you put a sketch pad. If you put a loose piece of paper on her chest and faintly shaded it with a pencil, it would come back an accurate mammogram is what I'm saying. Um, uh, and, uh, and so they're in the plane. Time to go. But there's a problem. What is the problem? Uh, the uh, pirates, uh, they uh, come around the corner of the, of the cove and uh, they now have uh, 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 they now have an anti-aircraft gun on their boat. <laughs> yeah, this is mainly specifically what I was talking about when uh, I said that maybe this film has uh, too many stakes because, uh, uh, you know, the plane just takes off as half the beach explodes behind yeah. them. They're firing an anti-aircraft gun as the plane flows over well, the top of them. Harrison Ford's, like, idea of the scene is, I'm going to fly this plane directly towards this boat with an anti-aircraft gun on it. Yeah. And it's just... Uh, so they point the gun upwards and the shell comes right back down killing them all, which is what occurs. Well, I, you, uh, you, you see them jump off the plane, off, off the boat. Except, except Tim. I think, I, think, I think Tim is definitely dead, but I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think Trejo and, 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 and Cliff Curtis get away. Uh, so do you, do you think that once, because obviously they interrupt their own funeral, yeah. uh, 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 and uh, immediately uh, are like, get Get doctors. Uh, do you think uh, the cup is like, get doctors help because uh, Harrison Ford uh, has has gotten injured yeah. and is now um, has to uh, uh, is about to pass out. So he has to explain to her how to fly. How, uh, how, how, how to like, land. How to land. Well, like it starts as how to fly and then it, it turns anyway, because he passes out, which he does, uh, uh, which is, uh, you know, it feels like a, a, a scene paying off something that wasn't set up. It feels like 
uh, a scene that would make a lot more sense if earlier, you know, we had uh, H going like, oh, wow, what does that button do? And he slaps her hand and says, no one touches my plane but me, you know? Um, it, it, it just it feels kind of a limp otherwise. But uh, after they've been like, help, get a doctor, do you think also like, now send a rescue team back. There's a bunch of murderous pirates who we just killed. They're, they're going to die in that water, is what I'm saying. No, what they're going to do is they're going to swim They're, they're going to swim to shore, which they're like like two or three hundred metres from, yeah. and then they're going to walk back around the, they're going to walk back around the island to where that other boat was that the rest of the pirates are on. Because there were two boats, it was established there were two boats, the boat that the pirates were robbing. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to walk back around to where that boat was moored, and then take that boat and continue pirating. This is one of those, you know, like, what is canon questions that's really difficult because uh, on the DVD, there's storyboards for a sequence they wanted to do, uh, uh, which is where after, you know, taking out the first boat, they go around the corner and, and then um, uh, uh, what I keep wanting to call him Sam Neill, you know, Harrison the Ford. unthinking man, Sam Neill, yeah, Harris daughter Ford's <laughs> brother Harrison Ford. Uh, uh, what he does is like they they have a, a rail gun and uh, f- shooting these hyper speed like rods at them. And what Harrison Ford does is he flies in a spiral uh, uh, so fast that he creates like a a small wormhole that uh, inverts its entropy making it fly backwards into the boat, uh-huh. which then... Which then uh, gets Uzumaki by the, by the spiral. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they, everyone on board is a horrific uh, uh, snail homunculus, yeah. of course. Uh, and, and, yeah, Ivan Reitman talks about how, you know, that scene was kind of the whole point of the film for yeah, him. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's been a long-time yeah. fan of Junji Ito. You got to kill your darlings, and darlings is what he calls half snail, half man people. Yeah. And he's talking um, about how his his original intention for stripes was for everyone to turn into stripe monsters. Uh, his, his original intention for meatballs was, was, was etc. Yeah, you, you get, you got it, you get it. His original uh, intention. Kindergarten cop. I've, okay, uh, I've just seen it. Uh, I've just seen that Ivan Reitman also directed Junior, so he did. Actually, he did do one actual body horror film. Yeah, uh, two. That that Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. That's not realistic. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you're going to be talking about no strings attached. Uh, I I mean, if I could remember the name of that film, that's Kushner, Kushner and Kunis. Oh right? man, this fucking fucking cast on No Strings Attached is crazy. Nellie Portman, Ashton Kutcher, Kevin Klein, Carrie Elways, Greta Gerwig, Lake Bell, Olivia Philby, Ludacris, Jake Johnson, Mindy Kaling, uh, Guy Branham is in there. What a what a weird cast. Uh, Nassim Pedrad, Seth Morris. I do think we are at a point of kind of critical mass because we are now so deep into this what will end up being, I assume, decades-long process of uh, cinematic, escalating cinematic dares uh, 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 until we do eventually do, like, Tie Me Up, Tyler Perry. Um, uh, I, I, I just watched Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, like, last week for the first time. I watched All About My Mother a few days ago. Man, yeah. that, that fucking almost over. <laughs> Very good at making movies and thinks that uh, straight people are crazy. 
Pedro live flesh is one of like uh, it was one of those like I was maybe 13 14 15 seeing which is exactly the right age uh, genuinely I mean that it's 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 a very horny film do you also know who's very horny ghost oh, yeah. the greatest of all time greatest time in your life 13 14 15 everyone has a great time beginning of puberty universally enjoyed and uh, 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 and like that was a real that was one of the first times where i was like ah oh, i am this is an adult film not an adult film uh but like a grown-up film and i'm enjoying mm. it like a grown that all still sounds like i'm talking about pornography well we know what um, you mean yeah i mean pornography yeah. The uh, the most uh, popular review of Live Flesh on Letterbox just says, uh, liked it when Javier Bardem ate pussy in the bathtub. Yeah. That sounds like a good movie. Yeah, he's a salty guy. Javier Bardem. Hey. Um, so then, like, the film rolls to an end. It has kind of generic romantic comedy ending. Uh, David Schwimmer blurts out that he cheated on her. Uh, uh, she, before she manages to tell him that uh, uh, she cheated on him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Anne Heche is going to get on the plane to leave. She, like Heche does a hilarious, like, almost meet Joe Black level satirical. Will I get on the plane or get off looking at her ticket, walking towards doubting, stepping away. That shot of her, like looking at the ticket while she's standing in line, like really feels like, uh, guys, uh, the film is uh, 20 seconds short of its contractual runtime. Um, this is the last day of shooting. We've got to figure something out. The film ends with the like, most cliched, like, stop a girl at the airport thing. Harrison Ford gets flown by one of his friends uh, like onto the tarmac on a helicopter. He jumps off and he's running for people with his arm in a sling. It's a really weird arm in a yeah. sling in that it ends up making it look like he is a kangaroo who is secretly giving birth to his own arm out of his it's, pouch. It really angles his arm, arm weirdly. Yeah, so he, he, he's running up a tarmac and, uh, he, he, and, uh, uh, and he sees the Hawaiian airplane and he's like, oh no, she took off without me. Then he turns around and he yeah. sees a different Hawaiian airplane and he sees Anne Hesh getting out of it and he runs up to her and you know, they kiss or whatever. And then it cuts, it cuts from that to a, like, to a massive like, like overhead shot. And then the last, like, 20 seconds of the movie is the most ADR dialogue you've ever heard in your life. It is just, it is the two of them in a sound booth, and they did uh, nothing to treat the audio at all of, of them just doing, uh, of them just doing, like, pretty lame banter. He's sick of his life being simply wants to be complicated again, kind of hinting that he'll, like, move to New York with her. And then she, she's like, uh, should we go to your place or mine? And he's like, your place is in New York, right? Uh, I don't think I can wait that long. We're going to buy a place. Uh, it's not a house. It, uh, it's more of a yeah. shack. At least do you have a bed? And the final line is Harrison Ford saying, are you always oh, going right. to be this fussy <laughs> about everything? Yeah, yeah. Which is like, that's, fuck, uh, that's fuck off. <laughs> um, eh, I don't know. So, I mean, that works for my interpretation because I do. I sincerely enjoy this film, but I enjoy it as an ARG because very quickly 
I was like, Anne Heche is great and is mm. compelling. The great tragedy of Anne Heche uh, uh, is that she never got to be uh, uh, in a Preston Sturgis film because she is designed to uh, sprightly say cutting things very quickly uh, while while offering no quarter but having her icy heart melt because a early man is smiling at her, you know? Uh, uh, and then when they crashed on the plane and started just doing so many gags, I was like, oh, no, no, this is. Uh, and once I was like, this film is should be a 40s-style screwball comedy, everything that got in the way of that, every time they weren't just in a good mid-shot exchanging, di- exchanging great dialogue, I was just like, no, we just don't need the spectacle and scale. Give us the charm of these two people speaking really quickly at each sure, other. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like Reitman is obviously trying to do that, but he is trying to split the difference and he falls between two stools, really. Like it is, it, it feels quite incomplete. Uh, uh, and it doesn't feel thrilling enough to be adventure uh, It doesn't, it is it, it, like, it's funny enough to be a comedy, but it, it's not. It is, it is that the spectacle and like the violence and threat are uh, uh, an exterior factor so big that you don't like the stakes of a screwball comedy should be, can we get off this island? Not, uh, is Django stroke Boba Fett going to kill me? Sure. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just want it to be that. And it, I think it wants to be that. And it just isn't in a really dumb way. <laughs> like, but that is why I like it. Cause you can watch it and it's very easy to pretend it's a screwball comedy. It's so close. But that is how I justify calling it sound. Yeah, I, I would uh, uh, I, I would call it shite, but like again, it's a marginal. Like, yeah, this, this is this is like very watchable. Uh, yeah, like both both Anne Hesh and Harrison Ford are, I would say, good in it, and and like Harrison Ford is just so compelling, and yeah, he's he's such a star, yeah. and it's a film you can like put on in the evening. And like eat dinner too or something. Yeah, it is very racist and sexist. Sure. But if you ever wanted to do a life study drawing class specifically on Anne Heche's breasts, it's the best place to go. Oh no, I mean also the Psycho remake, I guess. Uh, and uh, like Ellen DeGeneres's Hall of Secret Photography, which I presume she has. And, uh, um, Anyway, uh, like uh, as a side note, uh, 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 Anne Heche was first seen publicly dating Ellen DeGeneres ugh, uh, um, uh, uh, between uh, essentially being uh, offered the role in this and signing the contract. Right. And uh, the studio wanted to pull out. What is the point in launching someone as a big romantic lead if they are a lesbian or queer? And Harrison Ford was like, nah, fuck you, it's her. Right. Uh, which is like, good one. So, Finn. Yes. Uh, 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 out of all the films we've watched, uh, uh, I uh, uh, we keep a, a ranking list uh, uh, going, both of us individually. For me, La Aventura is the 82nd 
best film we have seen. It is above the earrings of Madame De and beneath Blade Runner. Where did you have it? Uh, I have it at uh, number 96 in between D.W. Griffith's Intolerance and uh, What's-His-Face's The Leopard. Uh, Visconti. Okay. Yes. I have Six Days, Seven Nights at number 95 on my list of all the films we have watched. Uh, I have it at 95, which is above Kit Kitteridge, an American girl, but beneath Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, I have it at uh, number 107, uh, above Downhill, uh, but below Replicant. Finn, we're, we're both generally warm to this sure. film. yeah. Uh, but would you like to hear a positive review of it from a letterbox? Sure, I, I, I assume this is a positive review written by someone who also saw this movie a bunch as a kid, uh, like I did? No. Oh, really? I mean, no, no, no. <clears throat> uh, it goes like this. I really enjoyed this film. Heish has the guts of a screwball sass heroine, and Ford is still in the era when he tried a little sometimes. When they spark off each other, it's charming. Casting David Schwimmer as a gross, burbling monster complete with all the shittiness is the only moral use of him, and I'm glad he's not really in stuff these days. The stunts aren't shit, and there's a good joke every five minutes. I mean, sure, you have to hold your nose and unfocus your eyes whenever Harrison Ford's sexist girlfriend, the racist generic brown pirate, and Haysha's blatant, blatant nipples, any moment of the score playing, or honestly, like half the plot is on screen. But this film has Alison Janney in it as a devil-wearing Prada, and that automatically makes a good IMO. In my defense, I am in the middle of a major mental health crisis. Uh, the name of that reviewer is Yutha Dean. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I changed up my top four just so you can guess. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay. Are any of them films we have watched for this podcast? This is a largely fresh batch. I think two of these should be on the list. Uh, uh, and I think one has a good chance. Uh, and we'll, So we can start with that one. It's animated. Uh, is it? Okay. Um... Uh, is it a Miyazaki? Yes. Is it Spirited Away? No. Okay. Uh, is it uh, Totoro? Yeah. So the next one, uh, it's a family film. Is it Paddington 2? No, no, no. Is it uh, Godfather 2? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, when you say family film, do you mean it in the Paddington 2 way or the Godfather 2 way? I don't mean it in either of those oh, ways. Okay. I use it in a third, more sinister way. Oh, no. Um, yeah, like what? Uh, dog tooth. Yeah. Is it actually? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film. Check it out. Uh, uh, the next is, uh, oh, uh, it's got a real good bit of Philip Seymour Hoffman saying one word over and over into a phone. Uh, John C. Uh, Riley was going to be uh, in uh, it. Punch Drunk Love. Isn't. Yep, ding right. ding. Uh, and the last one is 101 at university. Uh, uh, is it a Kurosawa? No. Is it a Scorsese? Is no. it a Kubrick? No. 
Uh, is it in English? Yes. Is it American? No. Is it English? Yeah. Uh, uh, is it uh, from uh, this century? Yes. Is it by uh, Mike Lee? No. Is it by Edgar Wright? No. Uh, it's the only two English filmmakers. What um, are you? Go- what are you? What clue are you going off? Uh, I'm just trying to narrow it down. Yeah, no, but it's an, Eng- an English film from this century. Trying to narrow down the filmmaker. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you will guess this filmmaker. Uh, okay. I think the big clue was that it's uh, 101 at university. Oh, I didn't. I, uh, I did not hear the P. I just thought you said university. Did I deliberately say it very quietly? Yeah. Sorry, what did you say? Lady Macbeth. Ding, ding. Directed by William Oldrod. Uh, Oldrod. Yeah. Hey, Finn. Yes. Where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. You can check it out. It's at shiteandsound.com. If you like what I do, and I hope you do, and if you don't, don't tell me. Why not? Uh, I have a newsletter. You can sign up for a, a bit.ly slash youthalives. Put an at sign in front of youthalives, and that's me on Twitter, Instagram. I also have uh, a, a Facebook presence, but that is purely uh, a, a digital simulacra. I'm, I'm never there. Uh, I have two other podcasts because I hate myself. Uh, one is the the Witching Hours, an eerie audio anthology, and the other is the Slow Path, where me and my partner Briar uh, watch Doctor Who until we die. Our theme song is "The Nux by Kazam Blam. You can check him out on Bandcamp or in several movies. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends, leave us a review. Uh, uh, get other people to subscribe or follow or whatever that is. Uh, we're an acquired taste and it'd be great if more people could acquire it. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the uh, greatest musical of all time, Singing in the Rain. And uh, with that, we are watching Xanadu, uh, another, another musical with Gene Kelly in it. And uh, for that episode, we will hopefully have Guest Ray O'Leary. Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go watch them. grandmother had a phone in her car 
So I don't. I don't. And, and, you, and you had a birth being a witch. Well, that wasn't like it's. It's like it's getting Al Capone for tax thing. <laughs> like I said, it was because she was a witch, but it is um, because of her. It's just because you you love the smell of charred flesh. We are all victims of circumstance. <laughs> you know what is what is life but a sequence of uh, 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 of repercussions from events we can never really remember. And the fact that I was born in a hospital that was burning to the ground, so my first breaths were of human meat-soaked air, I don't think it's fair for you to, like, I can't control that, you know? They fuck you up, your mum and dad. Have you delivered in a hospital that was already on fire? They they drove there. It was already on fire. They did mean to, and they do. 